You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My grand blur, YouTube blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Cosplay blur All day blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Bet you wish you so blur Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blur Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Welcome to Blur Vision, your window into the world of all things geek, movies, TV, or news. We talk about it every week, except for last week, but we're back. So, <laughs> I'm your host, Jordan, with... Jeffrey Rays. Thanks, thanks for having me back. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Thank you for coming back. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, well, we missed last week, so we did want to come back and do a recap of... Now we've got two weeks worth of content to talk about, and we've already... Like, off podcast, we're talking about how we've got... It's so much content that it feels like it's like oversaturation. Literally. I mean, we've got two episodes of Rings of Power, two episodes of House of the Dragon, but we've got Cobra Kai, the rest of the season that we finished. Uh, uh, oh, She-Hulk. That's right. <laughs> I was like, what else? What else? Oh, She-Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Your, your enthusiasm just died as soon as you <laughs> decided to bring up She-Hulk. Like, your soul just fucking like died inside from it. It's like, oh, She-Hulk. Sad. <laughs> Yeah, could you like literally see my soul leave my body in that moment? Because that's what it felt like. <laughs> oh um, God. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Unfortunately, and we'll even though Andor did drop this week, neither of us watch it. I watched like the first ten minutes. Um, I've been. It looks. I've been saving Andor. Like I um literally I literally we were talking before this, and I was like, dude, there's too much television to consume right now. So I didn't watch Andor yet, just because I didn't have enough time to do so. Because I was literally like recapping everything that we were going to be talking about today. And I made the suggestion that I think that we should uh, take a break from, like, Rings of Power and S.H.I.E.L.D. for one week. And quite frankly, I think we'll miss nothing. <laughs> Not <laughs> at all. take a break from that Not for a week. All. Watch, yeah, binge watch four episodes of Andor and then come back next week and talk about it. And maybe have a little mini Star Wars discussion about all the things we missed, like Book of Boba Fett and stuff like that. Absolutely! Like, almost like, like a little vacation. From yeah. Like the, oh, it's like a, it's a, I was going to say a vacation for all the bad stuff, but... One, we don't know how Andor is. I'm just assuming based on how it looks that it'll be better than what we've been getting. But then two, if we're also talking about the other Star Wars stuff, it can't be all positive. <laughs> so it's like we're taking oh, no. vacation. Oh no, listen. Kind of shitty. <laughs> listen, I have been itching to talk about the book of Boba Fett on this podcast uh, for fucking weeks. You already know how much pent up frustration I've had with that show. Yeah, he mad. I, I, I'm big mad, and I've been trying to like, I've been trying to friggin' control my anger. I've been trying to control my rage, like like fucking Bruce Banner. That's the, that's the secret cap. I'm always angry. <laughs> Actually, he's not angry at all anymore. But I'll, oh I'll, oh no, I'm angry. I'm angry. <laughs> I'll let you keep going. Anytime anyone wants to say, oh, Mando was the best part of that show, I get angry. I get fucking well. <laughs> angry. <laughs> all right, so we'll save Star Wars for next week. Yes. Uh, but for this week. We'll just do a thing where... Oh, we've got some emails, too, but I want to save that for the end of the podcast. But I want to do, like, a... Because everything's, like, it's kind of a mixed bag this week. Let's do, like, a roller coaster ride kind of, like, uh, 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 setup. Or a roller coaster ride style schedule. Is that right? 
it's going up and it's going down. It's going up and then it's going down. That's, exactly. That's, 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 that's what that's what's happening today. Thank you. So let's start high. Let's let's start at the tippy top of the no, roller coaster. Let's start. Let's start high with Cobra Kai. Boom. Ah, let's get it. All right, Cobra Kai, the season five recap. This is what we're up against. This is how everyone sees them. As some kind of philanthropist out to save the kids of the valley. Terry Silver. What do you guys name Michael? It's Michaela. Whatever. I washed my hands at Cobra Kai when we lost the tournament. I'm not a sensei anymore. As of today, I am shutting down Miyagi-Do Karate. This can't be your plan. With Johnny gone, it's on me to fix this. One star, because the car smelled like beer. It's because there is beer, asshole. Cobra Kai now has more students than ever before. That means we'll need more senseis. I'm thinking a lot bigger than just the valley. Everything was supposed to be better after the tournament. It's only getting worse. I know how things can start out from nothing and get bigger and bigger until all you feel is hate. Want you guys to get along. We're all friends now. We're not friends. We never will be. Uh, and for those that don't know our rating system, I will drop it here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system. It goes from poor vision to perfect vision. In the middle, there's passable. And then you have less than passable and more than passable. Thank you, Catchapon. Thank you, Catchapon. Uh, let's give our non-spoilery thoughts for the remainder of the season. We gave pretty much an unbridled praise for the first two episodes that we Bro, last week. There's oh, nothing negative that I can say about <laughs> Cobra Kai at this point. Cobra Kai be winning. And the fact that there isn't more people like watching the show is a fucking crime against humanity. Like, literally, like, you could say that we're biased. You could say that fucking like, oh, you just like toxic masculinity. But, but biased to what? No, what, are we, what are we biased literally, to? Literally, literally. It's like, <laughs> yo, it's fucking good. The show is so well written. The characters are all, all, are all done so incredibly. Like, there is no Achilles heel to Cobra Kai right now. Very, very few things, you know, negative the things. The only I thing I will give detractors of Cobra Kai, and it's, the, it's, it's a criticism I understand, but I don't agree with. Is that oh it's so cheesy and we've talked about that before without it's kind of campy but it's can't like, in the in the way that you have to suspend your disbelief that there's these like these big karate brawls and usually the police don't really get involved until like way after and there's really not really any major consequences for even <laughs> for even like samurai style katana battles. <laughs> okay, see my suspension of disbelief is like it's out the door with Cobra Kai. No, 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 but that's fine. But like yeah. my point is like this is a show. That like some shows are meant to be fun. Yeah. Like, it, 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 if you can talk about again the same people that will say, "Oh, it's cheesy," will might like might say like She-Hulk is enjoyable because it's supposed to be for kids or it's fun or it's light. That's what this is. This is this is actually light. You're not supposed to take it too seriously, but if you allow that little bit of like suspension of of disbelief, and it's a very little ask. Just pretend the cops are just very lax in this world, and they're very like as long as like guns aren't pulled out. It's, it's it's okay. Brawls are fine. <laughs> I mean, you have to remember though. You do. But, have, it, you... but as long as you give that little bit, you get so much back in return of like heart, character, story, plot progression. So much build up and payoff. All you gotta do is just cross that little bridge of 
karate fights are fine. <laughs> That's all. See, I feel the opposite about it because it's like there are repercussions that are seen inside the show between seasons because it's like, okay. Sometimes. First, sometimes there are. First, exa- right. first example is when Johnny beats up the kids in like literally the first episode. He got sent to jail immediately. So yeah. the cops will interfere at certain points. But not only that, um, there's also like the in-between thing that happened between I think it was season three and season four where stingray came back and he was gone for a bit and he was even talking about it uh in season five where it's like oh i got sent away because of like oh yeah because of the the karate tournament or not uh the the karate high school brawl yeah 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 and he was a security guard yeah he got involved which which so i'll give you that it there are a lot of examples of there are stakes when it matters but at the same time there are moments of like Oh, uh, me and this this referee or this judge are gonna bond over Rocky Four. Like you know, what I mean, it's it's goofy stuff like that that people. I are like, oh, love it's so that corny. though. Hey, I'm with you, bro. I'm just speaking for the only criticism I kind of get. I understand that no, criticism. No, but I don't agree with it. I do not no agree way. with it. I do not exactly. agree with it. I, I, I love that. that. I ate that yeah. shit up. I'm just like, yo, this dude is cool. He knows what's up. Yes, so good. Thank you. It's for oh it's for God. us. It's for geeks. It's Drago! <laughs> this guy gets it. He gets it. <laughs> he was like, I do. Oh my god. <laughs> I, so I, I love that guy. Straight up, I love that guy. That but I'm oh sorry, continue, god. continue. Oh my god. No, dude, straight up. It's like when I saw that, like when um when they came into the arc with the Seikai Taikai, um no, wait, and- wait, 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 wait. Just no no spoil. Oh, I was just I was my just making bad. reference. No, point game. point point is we're gonna get into it, but like the the judge from who, uh, the Seikai Taikai, he's, like, one of my favorite characters in Cobra Kai, just because, freaking like, he, 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 the way that he fucking, like, had his moment with Johnny, it, it was just so good, and it's, like, it goes to show that, like, not everyone is a stick in the mud, and it's, like, people can be relatable, even, like, you know, so someone as minuscule as that. Okay, what yeah. so, uh, your general thoughts on the rating? Oh, um, <laughs> That's oh, oh, I was like. <laughs> do, do I even need, I was about to say, do I even need to fucking think about it? Like, perfect vision. Cobra Kai is fucking perfect mm. vision. That's all I have, that's all I have to say. It's like, literally, the, the, this is one, this is literally like one franchise that like, the, it didn't need to be done the way that it's doing, but it's like, there's so much tender love and care put into Cobra Kai, and the creators actually give a shit. The writers actually give a shit. They care about the fans that are watching this, and they're able to do everything that other franchises are trying to do but are failing at, and it's like, mm. no one is alienated. No no single audience is alienated in, in Cobra Kai. Every, everyone has someone that they can relate to in, in Cobra Kai. Mm. I agree 100%, yeah. and I'm just going to echo you and say it's, it's the most perfect vision I can give something and it's a perfect vision now on so many levels because we're five seasons in and how many fucking shows are not only I was asking you this before like how many shows are five seasons deep and every single season is not only good they're all great and they each there's no wasted time there's no wasted space there's no wasted characters I think the only character kind of like fell I mean you could argue that some of the original Cobra Kai kids kind of fell off but I would just argue that a lot of their arcs ended like I've even seen some people complain yeah. about um, Eli this season not getting as much attention but I feel like that's because his arc for the most part you could probably give him some some more things to do if you really wanted to but for the most part his arc ended last season yeah. and now it's just kind of like not padding time to the end, but it's like when the characters 
go through the arcs they're supposed to go through, the writers don't feel the need to pad out their story unnecessarily. Instead, they always use that time effectively to either continue someone else's story or or improve upon someone else's story. Yeah. So and it's, and it's this, this this so I would argue that those Cobra Kai kids that are kind of neglected nowadays or or like um I forgot the the big black girl's name the the big. Cobra Kai girl and I know you're talking. She's um she's Sam she's Sam's friend. Sam's friend. She ended up leaving the show. Yeah. But they even but even then they found a way to write her in write her out as like she moved away and then they brought her back for like one scene in one episode. I forgot which one. (laughs) But they they still were able to tie up her story in a way that made sense. Yeah. And and it's that where like Alicia they're they're Alicia right they're continuously building up. Their, their story and characters season over season. So the season five Sam that we get this season is not the same Sam we got season one. And she's better. She's different, but she's better. Robbie is different, and he's better. Yes. Miguel is different. They're all No one's gotten worse in terms no. of the right. Nothing no. has gotten weak. Nothing feels like, oh, my God, they had they really didn't know what to do with XYZ character this season where it just felt wasted time. Like, no, nothing's ever wasted. It's all so airtight. For five seasons? That is insane. I, don't, I can't think of any other show ever, ever, ever. And, it's, and for me to give Cobra Kai that level, like, that that means it's, Almost when we say perfect vision, we don't literally mean perfect, but like this is kind of in terms of what it's trying to accomplish as a series. It's the close. I think it's the closest long form series I've ever seen get as close to perfect as its most perfect form could be. If that makes any sense. No, it does because it's like, yeah, (laughs) because you're right. Like, I think Game of Thrones might be one of the only like seasons or uh, shows where it's like they did go on for five seasons and it was good for five seasons, but then it fell off. Mm, and, like, the... I would even say five started to get nah. rickety. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind five. I, I held on to Game of Thrones until like season seven. Like mm. then it was like that's what I'm you know, saying. Th- that's what yeah. I'm saying. Most shows get stale after a certain point. Goodness knows. But um, I was gonna say I only got like one gripe about Cobra Kai this season. And it's very minuscule. But but with that Game of Thrones example, even that, I would say the first four seasons are like the absolute undeniably best of Game of Thrones. Right. But I couldn't tell you beat for beat. And I love Game of Thrones. I'm not going to say I'm a diehard super fan that's rewatched it a thousand times. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you beat for beat what happened in each of those seasons. I can tell you season four, Red Wedding. I can tell you season one, the dragons come back. Two and three gets kind of fuzzy. I, I, maybe if I rewatched it, I'd remember and love it. But every season of Cobra Kai is so important to the story. Yeah. It's so airtight that you need the prior season to get to the next season. I, I Every single season, you need it. I'm pretty confident that I could actually like run down like the basic like plot points to season one to season five of Cobra Kai. Because it's like... It's been so airtight. For sure. Like, yeah, like you said, it's so airtight, and it's like it's not that hard to follow. And it, if you know all like the key like plot points, where it's like like all these things that are like affecting all these characters, then it's like it it builds a really like beautiful picture of the Karate Kid franchise. And and like Game of Thrones, it somehow is so well written. And this is crazy. I'm comparing Game of Thrones writing <laughs> in its prime Game of Thrones writing to Cobra Kai in so that or in so far that it's able to take characters like a James Jamie Lannister or a Tyrion or a Daenerys. Well, I can't even say Daenerys. Like a Jamie Lannister, I'll give like I can't even say Jamie Lannister given 
he fucked up his own arc at the very last moment. But the idea that it can take characters from the lowest of lows, like from being bad to good or vice versa, and yeah. do it in a natural way that doesn't feel contrived, doesn't feel forced. It feels so natural to the story that it's like the characters motivate the plot, not vice versa. And so few stories, not even long-term stories, it's short-term stories, stories within single episodes of modern shows can't do that. Like a Rings of Power. It can't do that in a single episode, much less a full season, much less multiple full seasons. So I just, I just wanted to say all of that just to say that Cobra Kai put some respect on its name. I think I've said this to, on some level every fucking season, but y- y'all got to watch it. If you're not Literally. watching it, if I'm preaching to the choir right now, For if you're real. even on the fucking fence, it makes, it makes Karate Kid better. Literally. Like, Literally. So few things elevate the source material. This took the source material and made it a masterpiece. Listen, here's what I'm going to say to the viewers. If you are someone who's like, you feel fatigued, if you feel like you're tired of the way that like modern television is going, watch Cobra Kai and you will have life in your soul again. I am not, <laughs> I am not even joking. Like, literally. Like, I wa- like, I remember seeing the first season, um when it was on YouTube and I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Like it I has I, no right. I it has no right. <laughs> I literally binged the entire Karate Kid trilogy um before the show had come out. And like literally, literally that show has like it has it has not skipped a beat. And like they every, everything is done so well. And it's like we're also used to like getting like reboots and sequels, and it's like none of the characters are ever done right. None, of, none of them mm, are. No. And, and it's like literally like with Cobra Kai, you have none of those complaints. None no. of those complaints like whatsoever. And it's like it's like the modern day stuff reboots things and takes away its soul. Cobra Kai, like, took the soul of the original and amplified it. Literally. And made you. With with hindsight, appreciate even the bad movies more. Yep. It made me. I, I love Karate Kid three now. Karate Kid three was mid. Yo, but now with hindsight, we gotta Terry get into Silver, that. I, there's, I got I got I want to talk some Karate Kid three shit right now. That was the Terry Silver origin oh story. God. Okay, that was yeah. fucking an amazing movie. Now, <laughs> literally, from how they build off Karate Kid three, you would have thought that it was Iron Man one of the MCU. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. it. You, how did you make Terry Silver this this mo, this menacing of a villain? Let's start there. So I'm just gonna jump into spoilers um, for the rest of the season. Um, I want to start with let's just jump like we'll just jump around to different characters. Yeah, that yeah, way yeah. we'll we'll kind of touch on all the different events in the show that way. Right. Um. So let's start with Terry since we're talking about Karate Kid Three first. Or yeah. So yeah, most people would know Terry started out as like this like goofy like freaking like wacky villain but then when he came back um he tore so the story was he tormented daniel uh basically made daniel drive a drove a wedge between them to you know have his issues with mr miyagi back in karate kid 3 um and basically turned into the dark side and made him join cobra kai and then it wasn't until like the very end of the film that like daniel daniel had some regrets about what he was doing and that basically costed him uh his relationship with his father figure and that carried over into uh cobra kai when terry finally came back and the explanation uh, with why terry did what he did was because like terry was just messed up in the head um that and apparently he was doing drugs so i thought oh my god that's 
brilliant. Like, how is it? Like, it's stuff like that. It's like they're able to like do little tweaks like that and say like, oh, I, I tormented this kid because fucking I was high on cocaine, that type of shit. Like, just to, like give that explanation because it's like, you know, if you just watched Karate Kid three at face value, you would probably say like, oh, this is not the best of the Karate Kid series. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> this is cartoonish. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and yeah. T- and Terry was very cartoony. Um, and you had a hard time believing like what he was saying was true or not and they even explored that this season by saying stuff like oh um terry terry terry's master uh who studied tang sudo that they go into in this in this story it's little shit like that because people yeah. used to think that uh, the they thing- mine all the little details literally from movies they were and are able they, to like extrapolate on them they pay attention and like they're so good with the details and they literally like made that the fucking backstory of cobra kai and how him and uh uh john crease uh stu- studied it back um in in uh in old japan uh studying tank sudo from like the the original sensei of um of the Cobra Kai style, so so and it's like, and then also in this season we got introduced to uh his grand I think it was his granddaughter who's currently like the uh, I want to I don't want to say clan leader because I might I, I I might be using that wrong but basically like the actual like mm-hmm. defa- mob boss whatever yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the 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 yakuza leader of yeah. uh of Cobra Kai who is a woman in fact his grand his granddaughter and. For being a non-character, like being a character that's not attached to the franchise, I found her very intimidating. But in a weird way, she did seem kind of like I guess I can kind of see the campiness in it now because it's like since Cobra Kai is supposed to be like you know Cobras, um, her her hairstyle she has this like very <laughs> yeah she has this very long uh braided ponytail which I think is supposed to be like snake like that that's where you get drawn to the ponytails what's campy I mean, about her. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what? I mean, I mean, no. If anything, I feel like it's it's her. She's very one note. I'll I'll give it that. But it feels like the she. As we get deeper into the seasons, it's almost again like Game of Thrones. We're that 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 gray area between like what is like a a, a misunderstood hero who like is interpreted to be a villain, kind of like a. Like a crease in some ways, right. or even Terry was kind of humanized on some level. I feel like as the seasons go on, people are getting more black and white villainous. So like the the bullies, for example, that are still uh, bullying Dimitri and Eli, they're they're still kind of like a, a black and white. They're bullies. They're they're villains. They're bad guys. Yeah. I feel like she's kind of that for Cobra Kai. Like the more clear, like we don't have to humanize her. I feel like Terry even has some level of being humanized to some degree but she's got the least and every every person introduced in cobra kai from crease then terry was worse than crease and now she's worse than terry and it's like so she's just straight up bad she's just a bad guy <sighs> she's got no redeeming qualities she's just bad bro you know, like bro you could call that a bad thing you could be like oh she's got no depth but i think what they use her for in the story is just a straight up antagonist that is like literally i mean if the idea is they're cobra kai she's like venom she's like the venom to uh, uh, Venom. Tory, Tory story. Yeah, Venom. Gotta get in them. Breaking your hand, them. <laughs> bro, that, yeah, that I whole, was in so that much whole pain seeing that bro, scene. Same. It makes you go like, oh shit, my hand. I'm like, yo, Tori's done a lot of shit, but like, she did not deserve that, man. But like, so, okay, yeah. So, 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 I think a good analogy would be 
to pull from Star Wars, she's the emperor to Tori's Anakin. Mm-hmm. Even the hand got fucked up like Darth oh, Vader. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so much blood. Yeah. So, but but the whole I, I love Terry this season because they do they, so many times they exemplify why he's a menacing villain, like like uh, the chosen trying to infiltrate uh, his business, but he's able to quickly identify. No, I know it's fucking. You're, because you said the wrong word when you toasted, I know it's you. No, got you. Or when he manipulated the party situation uh, with Daniel and his wife, and he was able to basically trick Daniel into attacking him publicly, which made everyone turn against Daniel, which slowly like spiraled his life. Or where he fucking burned down uh, uh, Mike, Mike Barnes', Barnes furniture business. store. Yo. Like, so gotta, many moments where it's like, yo, this dude is ruthless. He, he is. is straight up evil. He so by is. the time you get to the end, I like, and I know Cobra Kai is campy, but I'm like, it's a, it's a, it's a writing feat when you're able to make the audience still question, like, is this, could this go life and death? We're chosen him or fighting at the end. I'm like, you've established him well enough now. And, and then the Tory thing where he forces her to hurt her hand on the thing. It's like, at that point, you've established that these motherfuckers are on a hinge and willing to do damage. So it's like, maybe he will kill Chosen and be like, hey, he attacked me at my house. It's possible. So it's like, oh shit. So like, they did such a good job of turning a cartoon character from Karate Kid 3 into very easily the best villain of the series so far. How? Houseway, <laughs> Houseway. Literally, liter- literally, literally. Um, the oh my god. I was gonna say, going back to Mike Barnes. One of the only complaints that I have about this season was that Mike Barnes didn't get used enough. Like they used him to like a certain capacity, but there was not from just for me personally. There wasn't enough Mike Barnes um in this season, and it's like he's the one character that people have been clamoring to come back into the show for like forever since the, like its inception, and. I finally, and we finally got to see him, and it's awesome that, like, he does a complete 180, but I was kind of, I was kind of, they, the way that they set it up, I was kind of hoping that he was going to be on Team Cobra Kai, and that, like, he was going to be, like, an opposing force, but turns out, oh no, he's, like, complete 180 now, like, he's not that same, like, bad boy Mike Barnes, like, he's, he's, he can still kick ass, but he's not that same asshole that he was back in Karate Kid 3, like, at all so it was kind of nice to see him and daniel like catch up but same time like daniel it goes to show that daniel's like so paranoid about everything that's going on that like he's so taken aback by the fact that michael is owning his own furniture store now um (laughs) and and literally um one of the things that i was talking about last time we were talking about cover kai was like the potential of like all these all these uh, characters that were going to either either interact or were going to fight. So, mm. so chosen, who's the villain from Karate Kid Two, got to have a fight with Mike Barnes for uh, the villain from Karate Kid Three. So that mm. was awesome. Um, one thing though that I am upset about is that Johnny and um, Johnny and Chosen didn't get to fight like I thought they would. But I did, I, I did sort of call it when I said that they were going to have a drinking contest. They didn't have a drinking contest, but. They they wanted up going out for uh for drinks, so it was a little okay. Bit... Wait 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 wait. It's jumping around. <laughs> Let's stick. So so with uh the Johnny and Chosen we'll start there. I felt like I want to go back to Mike Burns, but with yeah. Johnny and Chosen, I felt like they. I mentioned you before. Like why would they fight? Like they both they have like way more in common than they would have a reason to fight. And I'm glad they rather than fight, they kind of had like a verbal fight 
where they were like one upping each other with how much they beat D- uh, Danny's ass, <laughs> which I like. I like that it was like a yeah. I, well, was, I fucking it was literally a, it was literally a pissing contest about who the fuck did like the worst to like Daniel Larusso. And honestly, yeah. I kind of wish that that uh, Mike Barnes was was in that conversation. Okay, I, so I really let's circle do. back to Mike Barnes because I'm like I don't I don't. I, I'm be I'm be honest. I don't see the appeal of the Mike Barnes love. I mean, I think he was better in this than he was in the original Karate Kid Three. He had no character. He was just the the big bad guy. He was like the the less interesting Drago for Daniel to fight in Karate Kid Three. He wasn't. He had nothing there for me. But I did like what they did with his character in this because it was against type. It 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 just took that very one note like oh I'm just a big bad bully. And flipped it on its head, where it was like, "No, I'm actually chill as hell." And and really, Terry being so once again, Terry being such an asshole, is what triggered Mike to go back to those old ways. And I, and I love that payoff of like Mike chosen and Johnny. Yes, the three the three all villains, the bad guys got all together the bad and guys said, like, "Fuck yes, this shit, we're going to war." We're gonna go get this asshole like right now, and Daniel's the only one trying to calm them all down before they go off the fucking. Literally, that was brilliant. But here was another thing that really kind of well, wait, me but off. that was like to me like one of those like you said like 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 uh, nostalgic team up moments. Like like that was Avengers to me. Oh like, my that god, was just, that was Cap, Thor, and Iron Man like having a conversation, and Hulk comes in, and he's like, "Let's go fuck up fucking Thanos right get now." Him. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. It was great. It was so yeah. fucking good. And it's like it's so right. It's so true to their characters that the villains would be the more proactive ones, yeah. and they go kind of instigate the plot. And it's Literally. like Daniel is the one that tries to calm. Them. It's just it's just all so well written, so good. But yeah, what were you saying? What, what I was tr- I was trying to say um, the fa- uh, I was talking about I was trying to talk about character interactions because when they did come back to uh, see Mike, freaking chosen just goes off the fucking rails and like beats up his entire fucking like furniture crew because he thinks <laughs> because he thinks that daniel's in trouble so then we finally got so then we finally i kind of got what i wanted and we got a fight between mike barnes and chosen so that to me was awesome and then daniel was basically just caught up in the middle of the whole fucking thing like he always fucking does it's like this is a, always a big misunderstanding it's like every time there is a big misunderstanding daniel LaRusso is always fucking there and um and they did a good job of at least letting and this is a thing that I feel like again this is so small it is such a small thing in this show but even this uh, writers from other shows and franchises just can't do when they bring back legacy characters they they even those small skirmishes with Mike Barnes mm-hmm. they never let him give ground in such a way that you didn't get the impression that he could still throw hands literally they never diminished him. That's a better no. way to put it. No, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like the only time he actually was like taken out was when he got hit from behind, which that, was a stupid moment for him. That was so I was lame. Like, Damn it, that was lame but, to but, me. I was like, "Yo, you literally took my boy out like in a fucking minute, and then you." But didn't- they still, but but honestly, it was his own fault. He was being a like an asshole and an idiot. Like that, there was no the fact that they even did it was so crazy. And like, yo, what is your plan? Oh, there is no plan. Oh, you're all fucked. So there was consequences, but they still allowed him to be the save at the very end. So they still even then gave him like a moment. That so like, I did appreciate. That was but like it's such a small thing. That's like who cares? But even there, like it's established that even there, those little moments that they care enough to never let. Those legacy characters. See, you care. You like Mike Barnes. So for you, they did not let that character be diminished. 
But meanwhile, in Star Wars, they're like, Luke Skywalker, fuck him. Hulk, fuck him. <laughs> like, <laughs> all these legacy characters, fuck him. I'm sure when Ironheart shows up in Black Panther, it's going to be like, Iron Man, fuck him. He was stupid as hell. Anyway, <laughs> like, it's going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Literally, but, I'm sorry. Continue. Literally, no, no. The point is, it's like freaking like so many other like franchises should be fucking like taking the formula that Cobra Kai has established, and that is the way you should be doing storytelling. They now. won't though. Like, <laughs> they, yeah, won't I know though. they. I know they won't. I know. I know they fucking won't. They but think about won't. Cobra Kai is an outlier. It's the only thing like this. Mm-hmm. It is like the last bastion of. There's no identity politics in this, yet it has. Better representation. It does than any other show. It does. It talks. Riddle about me these. this. It talks about. Riddle all me these. that, Batman. <laughs> Literally, no politics, and yet still better representation. Yeah, it talks How? about. All, it talks about like all the issues that freaking like people have that, but like they don't like they don't cram it down your throat, and they don't do it like at. They the don't blame of, like, a single gender. They don't blame a single person. They don't. They don't take a hard side on anything and beat you over the head with the message. They just have these characters go through these arcs and we, we live vicariously through the lessons they learn, the times they're defeated, the times they win, what, like how they win. And we, we get motivated from that. Like example. And we're, I guess we're just jumping around. I, I still want to try and focus on characters. So like, yeah. let's talk about, so we, we kind of mentioned chosen. Let's talk about Chosen mm-hmm. because he was the motherfucking goat of this season. I cried like, twice because of fucking Chosen. Bro, I cried he twice. Made... Bro, bro, what were your moments? Because I probably was the same. Um, first moment was basically when Daniel had just gotten his ass kicked from ter- from Terry Silver when he went to go apologize to Stingray about the whole thing, and he basically was like giving up on the entire like, you know, trying to fight back against Terry Silver. And Chosen's there, and he's ready to send Chosen home. And then he's, and Daniel's like, I'm sorry, I'm only sorry I wasted your time. And he's like, and ugh, best chosen line, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Forget, um, defending the honor of Miyagi, though, is never a waste of time, nor is helping a friend. When he says helping a friend the way that he does, like, so emotionally, that shit made me cry. And it was I- also interesting. All these actors got better too. Yes, isn't that weird? Like all got better yes. from like Karate Kids. <laughs> I-, I swear to God, I swear to God, Chosen was probably like one of my favorite characters out of this whole thing, just because of how emotionally driven he was. Like literally, Chosen had no bad beats, and even like the uh, the, the 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 teaching sequences with the kids and the eggs and everything, like that that was great. Wait, what it- was the other moment that made you cry? Oh, um, well, it's got to be the 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 conversation. At oh the, uh... yeah. At the bar. Kimiko! Yeah. <laughs> Kimiko! Oh, God. So when he's in the bar with Johnny and uh, and, and all the adults, you know, they're all having drinks. And then friggin' um, Johnny, like, Johnny's basically talking to to him. Um, and, like, it was... I love that they can relate to each yeah. other so yeah. well. Oh, my God. Because of that redemption story. It was beautiful. Out. It was just fucking beautiful. You have these these two iconic... 80s uh 80s villains from the karate kid just having this like this moment talking about freaking freaking uh their girl problems or whatever but basically johnny asks him like oh do you have a girl back home or whatever he's like no but then he like basically like alludes to to kimiko and um of course johnny being johnny he fucks up her name talking to daniel but then daniel comes back and they have a conversation about about kimiko and i thought it was beautiful that chosen actually it goes to show how much He's he has grown up and how much he has changed 
and like how well that that whole story about her as as the kids she would like what was it that she would put them back together or she would oh she would find him yeah every time he would run away she would find him yeah and then after the tournament and he lost the tournament and was shamed and left the village she found him again and the way he tells that story and the heartbreak in his voice that made me i, I cried that was uh, i was like oh yeah oh, oh. wait did they say uh, Kimi- also did they say kimiko was in a relationship at all when they- no we haven't seen Kimiko since season three, and I'm pretty sure she wasn't attached to anybody. Oh, um, she wasn't. No, no, Perfect. she wasn't. Involved with anybody, no. We <laughs> okay, haven't. Good. No, we haven't seen Kimiko since uh, season three of Cobra Kai when Daniel went back to Okinawa for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering yeah. if they established that if she was single or not. No, they. No, she wasn't with anybody. No, she wasn't with anybody. Awesome. But so then, so Chosen needs to get that girl. I, that that's what I was scared about when he was fighting Terry. I was like, if they kill this motherfucker. No, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, you can't take him out. You can't take out my boy. I am just like, I am all for the fucking villains this season. The guy, all, all the fucking villains that are coming back. Is fucking the villains bad. are the best characters. Literally. I mean, but but even Daniel had a great arc this season. I think oh he had my the God. Best, yes. Like his best we, arc this we season. We basically had season one Johnny and Daniel this season. And it's like, I, I loved-, loved how... Well, Jinx, we will say I love to say that I loved. Wait, you first. What'd you say? What'd you I was going to say I I loved how they switched the dynamics between Johnny and fucking Daniel this season, and how Johnny's oh, same. Like, That's what I was going to say too. It's like yin lit- and yang. Literally, they literally, literally like this balance switch. This is what the show is good at. It's establishing yes. balance, and it's like literally. I love the fact that like Daniel got into like his season one Johnny mode, and it's like yeah, he's losing everything, and he's questioning everything, and he's gl- looking to start a fight with everybody. And then it's like, there easily could have been a fight between Daniel and Johnny this season. But Johnny's literally like the one that's like, he's got his head on straight. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, you're bro, saying, that moment was so good because the, the, the way they played it was so like pitch perfect that like the music started turning up and Johnny was looking at him like, bro, what are you doing? It's like literally. it's like the, the complete flip of like oh shit this is new Johnny literally. new Johnny literally, <laughs> literally like, and it's such a good it's such a good payoff for that character because we literally we've seen Johnny do the same thing to Daniels a couple seasons back literally but now very believably Johnny's in a different place in his life and the fact that 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 was literally the moment that made Daniel go like wow if Johnny's the one telling me <laughs> what what am I doing I that that Johnny sobered him up just by being like. Come on, bro. Really? Literally. <laughs> literally. And it's like, we haven't seen that part of Daniel probably since Karate Kid 3. Like, yeah. e- even in that, it's like it's like taking that and doing it a thousand times better. Like, yeah. it's crazy how they've been able to, like, get all of these character dynamics going. And it all just feels, like, natural. Like, because honestly, it's like, this is the kind of stuff they could have done, like, seasons ago. But instead, they've, like, I feel like they really have, like, planned out this story. And, like, they know what they're doing with it and what they want to do with it. Um, well, I mean, it's going to be, I think, season six is supposed to be the last season, right? No! I, I no! no! I want it. I want it to be. It, it feels like it should be. Like, the way it's going... Like, the way they wrapped up this season, even, it feels like there's not... The only thing left is the world tournament, and that's fine. I wanted to end on a high note. I wanted to end without feeling dragged out. I wanted to just be in pitch perfect. Word. 
There's like there's... no other show had. Can you imagine if it was Game of Thrones and the last season was just terrible? And oh, it's like, God. no, what happened? Cobra Kai, <laughs> please don't be Game of Thrones in season eight. I am begging oh, you, please don't be Game of Thrones bro, season eight. Bro, I will seppuku myself so oh, fast. My it's like, no, you were the chosen one. <laughs> yeah, that, that would so be a chosen one moment. You were meant to <laughs> save. Chosen, you were the chosen one. <laughs> Oh yeah, but so let's let's finish on chosen because even the way the fact that he was a mentor for the entire Miyagi fan, and I think that's perfect. The idea oh, that before we got into the season, I was questioning like, what's gonna happen? Are Johnny and Daniel gonna reunite? And that's what's gonna like they're gonna train everybody up again? And it was like, no, really, most of the work was done by Chosen himself. But Chosen represents that balance. Like I loved when he was teaching the kids, and they were, they were like, yeah, he's got like. The, he's he's his 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 teachings are like all flowery and nonsensical like Miyagi or Daniel. Nope. But at the same nope. time, they're aggressive. Chosen's like all about aggression. Chosen well, is both. the balance. Chosen like, is the yeah, fucking like, balance. Yeah, I like that. It's both. Like he's just as like wise and whatever as Daniel, but also he's as aggressive as Johnny. And like, the, and I love again. It's so simple, but when it's done right, you don't even think about it in the moment. But like. A, 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 a worse writers would have just had that lesson about the egg and just left it there. But the fact that it came back in such like a powerful way that made sense in the finale to protect the, I mean, as again, as goofy as it is, it's like, I'm uploading this file. <laughs> I'm uploading this file. I got the data card. <laughs> yeah. Hacking, hacking, hacking. I'm like, all right. <laughs> no, but I like that though, because it's like the kids at the end of the day, a lot of them are fucking nerds. So it's like, that's, that's their wheelhouse. Right but that's there, not how that it works. Like, we, we, we know how YouTube videos work. That's not how it works. <laughs> not, I'm hacking the system. I'm hacking it. <laughs> But that's fine because it doesn't matter what like the MacGuffin is and for the plot device. What matters is it it was about the moment of the teamwork and the teamwork that was motivated by Chosen's lesson. I love that. That's Protect like, the egg. <laughs> no, literally, like I think Chosen was probably the MVP of this entire season because it's like there was like so much good that came out of that character and even like e another thing that I loved was his relationship with Samantha. Um, mm. Because clearly we have a lack of Mr. Miyagi in the show for, you know, given reasons. But Chosen has, I feel like he's filled that role. Yeah, he's of, the closest of, to Miyagi. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that he's there to fill out that dynamic. And especially, like, when I see him interact with Samantha, the way that he sa even says, like, Samantha-san. Or even, like, when Samantha, like, refers to both him and Daniel as his senseis. That shit gives me life. And that shit makes me want to fucking cry, too. Like, when I saw uh, Samantha at the end of uh, the the preliminaries again for the Seikai Taikai and she like won the match and then she actually like went went to hug cho hug chosen that that shit made me cry that shit made me fucking cry i mean i just love how chosen represents like in so many ways like the the same redemption arc that johnny went on yeah but in some ways at a later point like he's got more wisdom than johnny yeah. just he he hasn't allowed himself to have the reward for his redemption. Like, he prolonged... Because he himself doesn't think he's worthy. I don't know. No. See what I did there? No. So he doesn't even want to, like, tell Kimiko how he feels, even though he has every right to at this point, because he's not yes. the same man he used to be. No. But moments but he... like, um, like the the respect that he gives Daniel, like you mentioned, when 
or when he was talking to Johnny and doing that pissing contest of like all the ways they both fucked with him, like, well, I robbed him on his date. <laughs> it's like, oh well. But then they start talking about all the ways which they that Daniel's awesome. So it was like that was cool. Like and because Daniel's not there, that says so much about how much they've changed and that they both can give Daniel the credit that he's due. Yes. And do it in a respectful way. Like moments like that, and, or, or even like when John, I, so many good Johnny and Chosen moments. I know. Johnny, when Johnny and Chosen showed up in that dojo, it was in the trailer. But it was like, "Are you here for a lesson? No, we're here to teach you one." And they whooped their asses, and like that, that the awesome music and the way they both did like the same kick at the same time. And that guy, it was like, "Yo, man, that's, uh, that's poetry fucking, in motion." Oh, uh, it's so good. Oh my so god, so many awesome moments. Like, straight up. It's like, I, I could go on all day. About like, this was like, I, I think if the theme of season five was anything, it was, it was like, it was very much closure. It was the end of a lot of rivalries and like the, the putting the bow on top of a lot of those old wounds that are finally healed. Like, like speaking of, let's, I mean, I guess we could stick with the adults, but kind of talking about rivalries, I wanted to jump over to, um miguel and robbie oh yeah and the oh my god dude those boys you have no idea how rewarding it was for me to to see them fight and then they literally like got over their shit um that fight but that fight sequence was amazing by the way oh oh so good but but the way that i love that it was johnny i think we, we probably speculated about this before during season four about johnny now that he's learned from his rivalry with Daniel, uh, how to coach them through theirs. Yeah. I think that, like, that just fight it out was his solution. Yeah. And it worked. Rather than hold on to that aggression and that grudge. And I think it's also, they, they never go into it, like, you, they don't put it on front street, but it is an interesting philosophy about male aggression, and sometimes you just have to get it out. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And it's not... And it's not like, oh, it's we're putting a highlight on toxic masculinity and this is how you... Like, no, it's just sometimes that's just the reality. It's like rather than hold in that aggression and say nothing and just come out through spurts of like, well, fuck you. Well, fuck you too. Let you them fight. fight. Let, yeah, them, let fight. them fight. Pure and simple. And then they, let them fight. Yeah, and then get to that point where Miguel's going to finish finish him like he was going to do to him in season Dude, two. Dude, I was so scared for that literally that split second. I honestly thought... That he was going to kick Robbie off of that railing, and then he chose not to. That was the difference. And I love that Johnny, they, the the reason why we were, uh, we were both afraid, I was afraid too, was because even Johnny was like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. Literally. <laughs> you can't, you can't Literally. And like, those are both of his sons, you know, from like both sides of the fucking spectrum. It's like, and that's the thing too, it's like. I, but, I love that shot where it's like, again, this is like, you could be like, oh, it's ridiculous. But like when they. They they start fighting and he kicks him through the door and then like the camera pans up to the second floor and then you see you thought that was campy. How the fuck did they get there, Jeff? They fought all the way up the stairs and they yeah fought around. yeah that's exactly what the fuck they did <laughs> in like five seconds. Come <laughs> on, man! Come on, I, man! I loved it. I'm not saying me. I'm just saying that I can see people being like, "That's ridiculous." So it's like it's not fuck. ridiculous. It's, awesome. it's right there. It's the scene. It's like how the fuck Bro, else are they supposed to fucking? Nobody fights upstairs. You fight downstairs. You don't go upstairs fight. They probably, <laughs> like, dude. I guarantee you. One, you know what? You know what? 
I'm not gonna make excuses for it. You don't have to make excuses. No, We're just no, I'm joking. No, no, no. Anyways, no. like let me defend it. Oh, yeah. But no, straight up, like seeing Johnny like hug both of his sons, basically, like oh. it, it was so rewarding. And then it's like they're they're basically like cool the rest of the season. And like that was one of the things that I was hoping for when we first got started talking about uh, Cobra Kai this season. And it was it was and so not good. in a way that felt too forced. You know what no, I mean? It could have been all. like a CW kind of like, oh, we fought it out, and now it's just like we're best buddies. It was like for the majority of the season, it was really just like a like, oh uh, yeah, we're we're cool. Just don't don't fuck with them. Like it's it's whatever. We're we, yeah. we hashed it out. It's fine. Like that's yeah, like yeah, realistic. Yeah. But then by the the last fight, you get the impression that they're or not even just by like through or the course of the season. Like the more time they spend together, the more little moments they have, and like oh like the moment where um. Uh, Johnny and Miguel were talking, and Robbie comes up behind him. He's like, "Oh wow, giving me some fatherly advice. That must be nice." And he's like, "Oh wait, he's like, I'm just hey, I'm just kidding. It's fine." <laughs> like that kind of character growth, and that by the end when you see Robbie or Miguel save Robbie during the the brawl in the dojo, yeah. like moments like that, you're like, they now they're brothers. Like oh my they've God. come full circle, Dude. and it's like that's so it's so fucking rewarding. It's so for so many seasons, beautiful. and like you 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 would have thought it would have been like a oh like underwhelming, like a oh what I wanted the rivalry to end like in the in the heat of like a karate tournament or something big like that, but it's like no, it's fu- we got the big fight in their in their brawl in their one on one brawl. We got everything as fans that we wanted to see, and the resolution feels believable. That's, that's all I, I could have asked for as a fan. Absolutely, literally, and um, <laughs> the fact that uh, Johnny, Johnny's, Johnny's. Dynamic. Oh my god, that whole! F- I'm sorry, just I was, just, I was literally having flashbacks of the Miguel part of the fight where he's flashing back to all of the moments of like his back being broken and him like because you you know in that moment he's yeah. thinking about all the pain he went through to fucking fix his back. He's like, Ooh, I'm fucking oh, balance. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> literally, literally. But I was gonna say the two of them. It's amazing how well they're written, and it's like because you also have to remember the two of them have finally found their balance because like Miggy started out in Cobra Kai and Robbie started out in fucking Miyagi Do, and then they both switched switched off uh, throughout yeah. the seasons, and now it's like they're you know <laughs> they're, they were both kind of out, and then now it's like they're both kind of like. They're back in, but now they've like they found their balance. It's like Anakin Skywalker, freaking Anakin, you know, and and for, like that dynamic. Anakin was well, I like Anakin that... and Kylo Ren are two. I'm sorry, were you saying Anakin and Kylo I, Ren? Anakin are, Kylo Ren. I was trying to say that Anakin and Kylo Ren, they're like two products of starting out on the light side, ending up on the dark side, in which they both have balance. It's the same thing with like Robbie and Miguel, only it's like an entirely different dynamic. Oh, well, I don't think Anakin ever really... I mean, unless you count after he saved his son, he found balance. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like all of the characters now have gone through that from darkness to light kind of arc, or light to darkness, back to light. And I think... <laughs> again, I keep, we keep comparing to other things, or I keep comparing to other things, but like Star Wars, it's like, this is what the new... Pr- sequel trilogy should have been yep where it's it's not about just the jedi are good and shit they're bad it's like no there are elements of both that you need to be a complete person you can't the the jedi were bad insofar as they tried to repress and that was kind of the point george was trying to make but the point was they were repressing emotion which wasn't good either that's how the sith were born in the first place 
So like you need a balance of both to be a, a, a fully functional whole. So I like that all the characters represent that. And I even like some throwaway comments that they'll make like, I, forget, I don't remember when, but Demetrius was like, you all were, you all were assholes at one point. It's fine now. <laughs> like yeah. Talk, yeah. Talking yeah. about Eli, Miguel, Robbie, like they all at some point were assholes. <laughs> yeah, became, they were. Yeah, they but then were. It, but it gives them all this level of like insight as characters that not only allows them to affect other characters in positive ways, but allows them to be more whole characters. So for example, like, like, uh, Robbie, he, because he's gone from the darkness to the light or light, the darkness back to light, he's able to identify the issues with like Kenny or Tori. And then he was able to save Tori in this season. And he's, he's trying to, well, I guess he, kind of maybe pulled Kenny back to the light by the end of this season but stuff like uh, that I don't know Kenny was kind of questionable at the end because it's like, yeah I think he's if, if th- we still need one guy to be like the Cobra Kai guy and I feel like Kenny's the only person that could still be that that's that's what I'm questioning right now is like where does Cobra Kai go from here because technically like Terry's out of the picture but now Kreese is but out is of- he we don't know he's out of the picture mm-hmm. I want to say that for like the end but like we don't know he's out of the picture. We just know he got arrested. So what? He's rich. Yeah. <laughs> but not only that, but Crease is also out apparently. Forget um yeah, he got That might hurt them. Yeah. Like that might not help them. That might actually But that, that was that also was like, "What? Why? Why did you break out?" But all right. <laughs> Literally, cuz like I think it's cuz like he didn't he knew he wasn't getting out anytime soon and it's like he had to get the fuck out of there basically cuz it's like cuz that's the thing. I even like the arc that Crease had while he was in prison where it's like these fucking assholes are literally in there, like, doing prisoner shit, stealing his fucking jello and whatnot. But he eventually learned, oh, remembered so the, the whole therapy sessions thing. Like, that was beautiful. Friggin' the way that they, they did all that. That was fucking beautiful sequence. And it I got feel to bad him. for him. Yeah, same, same. It's like, you have this villainous character that's literally, like, he's been a bad guy for, like, since the 80s, and you had no sympathy for him whatsoever. He's gone through his own arc in Karate Kid 3, where he was down in his luck after the tournament, um, after what happened in Karate Kid 2, where he basically, like, beat the crap out of Johnny, and then mm-hmm. freaking, like, broke his hands against Mr. Miyagi when he fucking, like, punches out the, the windows and shit. And, yeah, Karate Kid 3, he comes back, he's down on his luck, Terry comes back in, brings him, brings him back to fucking get his revenge, and then watch Karate Kid three. It's not as bad. as I'm you like, know. oh, you're giving a whole recap of Karate Kid three. Look at that. No, no, no. But basically, what I'm the point is I'm trying to make is like we finally got into this point with Kreese where it's like he's going through his own crucible in prison, and he and he's remembering who he is, what he's capable of, and he kicks the shit out of all these fucking prisoners and basically has them all call him daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically. Yeah. But I just, that even that sequence, and like we were talking before about um the therapy session where they, they uh, de-ageified Johnny to do like the, the what's we, it called? The we, got a, we, we got a deep fake Johnny this deep season, yo. Go. We got a deep fake Johnny and I'm not, honestly, I'm not mad at it. And it, but it was impactful as fuck. It was. It really That writing, was. Yeah. Again, so many good parts of this show. That entire sequence of crease and therapy where he was envisioning different people from his past and the therapist was speaking the words of those characters. But every single question the therapist asked was like a double entendre that could also work from the perspective of that character asking crease the question. So like when they got to Johnny and he was like I don't remember exactly what it was but like even me like you like uh you fail 
like did you do wrong by everybody did you want to do right by even me i forgot what it was but the, the idea that he realized he like do you remember like the exact phrase i think it was like did you like did you did you really care about like the the, the people that you that you hurt or um did you really care about any of your students and did you want them to be like you and he says, no, I didn't want my students to be like me. You want me better. Oh, be better than me. Yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah. That was why it hurt. <laughs> it yeah. was like, oh, you're Tony Stark and fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> it was fucking beautiful. It was just fucking beautiful. I because have you, no you fucking, do... I have no mean things to say about this fucking show because it is that But damn But good. they've they've set it up in such a believable way from even the first season Kreese came back. You could tell that he did have remorse about how he treated Johnny. And even... Everything he's done, you can look through his worldview of like, no, the world's harsh and cold, and I'm just trying to make people harsh and cold enough to be able to handle it. And I don't want people to fucking fail and spiral and, and, and lose themselves like my student Johnny did. And he blames himself for that. And it's like, he's like a, a harsh dad. <laughs> like a really harsh dad. And then you get that moment where he has to find himself again in prison, and they represent it in the, again, such a great artistic fucking choice. The cinematography was so good where he becomes his younger self as he's fighting the prisoners and it, it cuts back and forth between him and his older self again. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God, so, so powerful. Could have been so cheesy. Could have been so poorly done, but was so powerful from a storytelling perspective, from from a writing stance, from a choreography and cinematography level. Like, it was all so fucking perfect. No right. No right to be that good. <laughs> but it is, and it is glorious. And then you feel bad about how he even, like, he, he gives up on Tori and, and at the worst time because that Tori feels like she's got nobody to turn to anymore and she's at her lowest point within Cobra Kai. She feels like she cheated because the tournament was skewed in her favor. She feels like she's leading other people down the same dark path. She feels like she's got no one to turn to that's an adult in her life. And then to have Sam, I'm just jumping around different characters now, but the fact that every single fucking character has an amazing arc do you understand? Do you understand? We could talk all day about every single character, like a like a spider web of amazing character development. It's like we can swim through all the good writing, Jeff. It's so it's deep. so good. I just want I want a whole bath of Cobra Kai right now because it's yeah. so damn good in here. <laughs> but we get the when we get to She Hulk, it's gonna be like a desert. Like where? Where's water? The water. Where's the water? Wow. Atmosphere. <laughs> Where's the good writing? <laughs> Character! <laughs> uh, story! <laughs> Literally. Kill me! Literally. <laughs> Kill uh, me! <laughs> but one of the, what I was going to say, um, this is a very minor thing, but I want to talk about it just because, freaking, like, it's a little thing that I appreciated. So, um, Jessica actually got to come back in this season. Jessica was... Okay, so one of the tropes from, like, the original trilogy was that Daniel had, like, a love interest in every single one. And the first one, you know, it was Allie. Second one, it was Kimiko. Third one, technically, it was Jessica. But Jessica actually, like, established right off the bat. It's like, oh, I have a boyfriend in Ohio. But... And Je Jessica was, like, one of those characters where, like, I honestly didn't think they were going to bring her back in this show. But then they surprised me. And then it turns out, oh, Amanda's cousins with Jessica. 
and they got to have this whole little family dynamic. Oh, that's yeah. right. I, I was like, I know this person is supposed to be somebody, but yeah. I do not remember it's, who this is. Yeah, it's it's Jessica from Karate Kid 3, and I'm honestly glad that's... Oh. That, yeah, yeah, the one that you hate so much, the one that you loathe so much. Yeah, but, deep cuts. Deep yeah, cuts. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I was honestly surprised that they had decided to bring her back, you know, just to, like, have her do that little sequence. And then the girls actually got to have a bar fight. Friggin' Amanda and and Jessica actually got to have a fucking like nonchalant random bar fight, but it had purpose to yes. to establish the fact that Amanda was basically like not being supportive of her husband in like yes. his, his most dire dire yes. of times, and it's like it, it, it's crazy because that's also like one of the issues that we have today in society is like women don't want to hear men out if they're going through shit. You know, and like that being on display with Daniel going through his shit. And then the only way that his wife is able to see reason is by hearing out a story that Jessica has to tell her, you know, basically like, no, like this, this man, Terry Silver, basically like make Daniel's life a living hell. And he has every reason to be upset. He has every reason to be acting the way that he does, because basically it's like Terry, like, you know, fuck Daniel up. And he has that fucking trauma. He's been living with that fucking trauma and still hasn't fucking got over it. You know, and it, it takes that entire, entire like, sequence with Jessica to make Amanda realize, like, I need to be there for my husband, you know? So, the fact that it goes so in deep, like, the way that it does, going in between men's mental health and, like, being willing to listen, like, that was, that's, well, that, that was great. I, I agree 100%. I'm glad that they, they showed supportive partners supporting each other yeah um but even more so i felt like in a lesser show there would have been the only purpose would have been we need girl power we need to make the wife fight just as much as daniel because girl power and it would have been there would have been no purpose behind it so the fact that you used the word purpose i immediately agreed because the whole purpose of it was rather than again because i've, I've we've now watched much worse much worse shows that have much worse writing they would have taken the wrong lesson from it and just been like oh well girls girls are strong just like boys and then and not have any reason behind it but because it's like no now you understand where johnny or johnny where daniel's coming from yes and how like it, basically you had to walk a, a mile in his shoes mm-hmm. to understand his perspective yeah and then she's on board, mm-hmm. rather than just girl power. But yeah, anyway, that boy is so toxic. You know what I mean? Like it would have been hypocritical. It's just been no. like, a, yeah, we get to have our cake and eat it too. We get that to be cool. just as toxic, and then also turn around and be like, and you're toxic. <laughs> but it's like, no, he's not toxic. In fact, it's a rivalry that is much more layered than you might have, you know, understood prior. Can we also can we also talk about the fact that like literally like everyone this season seems to be like the the amount of accountability. That like everyone has, yes. has had this Sam season. literally Sam literally I am so happy what they did with Sam's character I I'm glad that she had to kind of find herself mm-hmm. after losing to Tori last season and it yeah. wasn't easy that that like very anime esque uh, sensory deprivation chamber thing yeah where she's like seeing images of people in her life that like are basically labeling her as different aspects like oh you're my girlfriend you're you're the best daughter ever like you're, you're larusso you're 2.0 you're one yeah of the, you're, you're one of the girls you're the girl who broke my heart you're my girlfriend sam that 
that was yeah, that, that was an awesome sequence. That, different that really aspects was. of her identity. Yeah, she's trying to trying to reconcile them, and yeah. I like that. I, I thought it got a little bit weird in the middle with Miguel kissing that girl, and then like. Kind of like I mean, it was like why? No, 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 no! Do not no. We are not. We are not talking about that because it's like what? listen, they were no. they were on break, but they were on break. Who was they the were girl? on was fucking that, break? Henceforth, that, he shouldn't be held accountable for the things that he did when was Sam was the one who brought on the breakup. I agree, but I'm saying is that a, was that a random girl? Who was it? Oh yeah, that was a random girl. Oh, I just was a completely random chick. Completely random girl. Oh, okay. All right, I thought it was a friend or something. So, okay. No, well, no, no, no. If no. it was a completely random chick, it's like, no. girl, you're Sam- the one that decided to go on break to find yourself. Literally. So, it's like, don't get mad at him. No, but no, no. But the fact that she didn't make it weird. She didn't. She was like, you know what? It's fine. I understand. Literally. Like, she could have, like, blown that way out of proportion like most dr- dr- drama shows do. But yeah. luckily, like, they were Sam was able to, like, you know... Take accountability for the fact, like, nope, I put this on myself. I'm the one that fucking she owned her shit. Every yeah. a majority of the characters in this show own their shit and own their mistakes. Chosen and then rather than yeah, go down the the bitter yes, and then but that's the, my point. So rather than go down that that bitter, like she's the character that doesn't go down the rivalry path. Yeah, and instead she's taught the lesson early <clears throat> from people like Robbie and Chosen that the person. That you see as like evil, as somebody that you hate. There might be more to that story than you realize. So she's the first character that actually went to go hear out the rival right away, right? I don't think nobody else did. Robbie and Miguel didn't. Cho- uh, uh, Robbie and Daniel didn't. So she actually went over there and was like, hey, just like, if you wanna talk, I understand how Cobra Kai is. Like, let's talk it out. And then she got to see her or Tori's life firsthand, and they talked it out, and it's like, damn. Like, I, and I love that rather than have the score settled by, another, like, having another fight, Yeah, they ended up, they didn't fight at all in the tournament, so Sam got to have her win without further diminishing Tori, who at that point, like, if, if Sam beat Tori in that fight, it wouldn't have been a real victory, one, because Tori was already mentally broken. Yeah. But then, two, it wouldn't have, like, it... it on Tori's end, like it doesn't help either character. No. But having rather than have them fight again, having the the lesson be that they work together to defeat their true villain, who is that evil Cobra bitch. That's <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a so much more satisfying into that arc, and 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 her story as a character, and her rivalry with Tori. So I think it's on every level. I'm like even even to, and I love the way they make Sam fight like. You would think people were like, oh, you fucking just hate women. I'm like, do I? Because when Sam does those fucking chosen stances, that thing she does where she, like, she goes higher in the stance, mm-hmm. that shit is so fucking fire. I'm like, yo, talk your shit, Sam. <laughs> literally. Literally. Sam, Sam, in my opinion, is like one of the best like written, like strong female characters like in, in modern fucking television. Because she's allowed to have flaws. Yeah. Like it's and crazy, she, uh, and she owns her fucking flaws, and she has accountability for herself when she makes mistakes. Yeah, and exactly. she doesn't, and she doesn't fucking like put down any anybody else. Like, oh, remember, uh, just to wrap up the Sam conversation. Remember when we reviewed the first two episodes? That one thing I mentioned where it was like she was on the phone with Miguel. This is the difference between a good writer and bad writers. Yeah, I knew even when she was talking to Miguel on that phone call that the writers wanted us to look at her as you're being selfish. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a, oh, she just made it about herself and that's fine. It's a, 
you made it about yourself, and that's an arc you have to go on this season. And it actually, and then by the end, she's not selfish anymore. She gets outside of herself. Not only does she apologize to Miguel, but she also uh, uh, comes to her with Tori. So she had a full arc. And that first phone conversation with Miguel, which was kind of a bitch, was the beginning of that arc. And you could see the seeds of that in that scene. Meanwhile, She-Hulk, we're six episodes in. I mean, take any single episode. She's not on an arc. Hmm. She's terrible. And the show is like, that's fine. She's girl power. (laughs) It's like, what? In fact, the lesson in She-Hulk is she might be terrible. She's not the one that has to change, Jeff. It's the toxic men in her life that need to fucking get with the program and change. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm she deserves over, better. I'm over that. I'm over. We'll that. we'll get to it. But uh, just uh, I just want to uh, draw uh, that comparison now. Am I am I wrong though? Am I wrong? No, you're not, not. No, you're it's, not. Freaking, it's, it's like literally, literally, it's like more characters should be written like how Samantha is written in Cobra Kai because it's like she is a strong female character. And she's not afraid to go toe to toe with the men. She's she and she does speak her mind. But, and, but even that, she doesn't even. They don't even go ridiculous with like girl power. Where it's no. like, let's have her fight Robbie. I mean, they don't even do that. They at least even keep it realistic. Where they'll let women fight women. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. let they'll be realistic with the strength levels on some level. But I was gonna say, honestly, I'm, I'm just I very was, appreciative. Of that. Expect- I'm very, I'm very appreciative that Cobra Kai does that. They yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do like I was trying intersex to, fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to say, um, like the the dynamic between her and Miguel. I honestly thought it was gonna be like so much worse. Like I legit thought that mm. like they were gonna be done or that there was gonna be a more dramatic fallout. But I almost cry when Miguel cried when she broke up with him. <laughs> no <laughs> Miguel, shit, Sherlock, because I've been there too. I'm like, yo, my boy spent fucking like almost $200 on this beautiful little octopus for you, Samantha. And you go and you do that and you break my my boy's heart. How dare you? How dare you? I've been there. I've been that guy who's gone Damn. and bought jewelry for Triggered. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've been there. I've been that guy before. It fucking sucks. And But I, the actor, Miguel's actor is just so good that whenever he cries, Zolo. I get, like, I get teary. Nah, teary. bro. Zolo. Like, his, his crying face is so powerful. <laughs> Zolo is an amazing actor. Like, he's so fucking good. I love Zolo. And it's like, I'm literally going to see the Blue Beetle movie to go fucking see Zolo. That's the oh, only facts. reason I'm going to see Blue Beetle. Facts. But I did like, um... You mentioned the the buying the trinket. I liked because we didn't get a lot of the friends, the auxiliary characters like Dimitri and Eli this season. Yeah, but I did. I didn't really like the moments that they were in the se- in the season, like that where they were helping Miguel play like Cupid with uh, Sam. Yeah, like the boys and the girls kind of sticking together for their friends, yeah, yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. Like it, it grounds you back to like the oh, this is like the high school fun kind of like you know what I mean, like the the karate kid of it all. Like, Literally, the, oh yeah, we're still in school. Yay. Literally, it's like it <laughs> yeah, was yeah. it was nice to see the boys being boys again. Like after all the fucking like bullshit. Yeah, since, friends. Since season one, you know. And um, I was gonna say I love the fact that uh, Dimitri went over to go help Johnny get a new phone for him to fucking you know come into modern society and basically like you know get a cell phone but not only that johnny's not aware that dimitri actually has a hot girlfriend oh yeah <laughs> no i thought that was i, I thought that was ironically funny that i mean um, we've been talking for like how long already and we haven't even talked about johnny and daniel yet let's just nah. like I'm, it's crazy like it's so you know why I'm, I'm almost like dreading getting to the other topics because like they i house of the dragon was good but everything else is like uh so like 
there's so many good parts of Cobra Kai. But like talking about Johnny, the fact that he's gone on this arc where now uh, Miguel's mother is pregnant and he's having a new kid, and that's that's motivating him to do better, even even better in his life. Yeah. Trying to hold down a side job, trying to clean his apartment, trying to clean up his act. I, I that little mini arc he goes on of like finally. I mean, he's he's been sobering up since season one, but this felt like the last push that he needed yeah. to finally like be true Johnny, true prim and proper Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. This is um, it's uh, this this new this new new age Johnny versus Johnny Classic. That's what we had. Uh, that's that's what Daniel called him. Uh, basically, like from like season one is like Johnny Classic, and then there's like this new there's the the new Johnny, the new grown up Johnny, and yeah. and he's owning his shit and fucking like trying to be a better dad, and like he has Robbie stay with him for the summer when like the, his mom wanted to send him off. It's like that shit is beautiful, and it's like Johnny has grown up. He's gone through five seasons, and he's like finally like coming to his own, and he's finally like matured. And you know he sees things from a different perspective. He's still a smartass. He's still a smartass. Yes, and, he, and he has not lost his edge. No, he has not. And it's like he's still oblivious to like a lot of the shit from like modern society and whatnot. But it's like, and that, and that's the shit that I love is like Johnny's changed, but he hasn't. Yeah, and I I like that it's very much like family Johnny. Johnny trying yeah. to pull the family together, and and I love that. Uh, I forgot her name, Miguel's mom, but the dream she had Carmen. was like fucking Carmen. It's very Top Gun. Like I'm like, she's a keeper. She's having dreams about Johnny and her Yo! family being like a top movie. I'm like, what the Bro! fuck? <laughs> that was aw- I love the way that sequence happened because it's like it was a total trade off from like I think it was like I thought it was Johnny's three. dream. Nah, bro, it wasn't. Johnny's I'm like, wow, dream. that was Carmen. She a keeper, keeper, keeper. Oh, Johnny. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, okay, this was destined to happen. Not only yeah. that, I love. Uh, the family dynamic bet- between them all and how like the two families are like meshing together because it's not it's an unorthodox family and they even talk about that and I love seeing it because those are like real life things that happen where it's like you have uh you could have a son from another family but then you have another son from another family and now you're all like coming together and now you're having a baby together it's it, it yeah it's, it's a, unifying the family it's a beautiful thing to see basically yeah and I, and I like that after the little mini arc of Miguel trying to find his dad in the first two episodes. He's, he's settled into very much viewing Johnny as his father now. Yeah. And it's like, and now Robbie's like becoming like a brother. And I like, I'm like, Oh, the family, <laughs> it's all coming together. It's all and coming then on, together. on the other side, you got, like you said, Daniel at his lowest point being driven to the brink of insanity by Terry giving up on karate, but then having, and this is like such like an anime, like, like Goku or or more so Naruto of like all the bonds you've made along the way are the ones that will come and lift you up from your your lowest point and and really put you back on the path you're supposed to be on yeah like to the point where it literally comes down to his family giving him the nod of like we're behind you Daniel go kick his ass like in that big brawl like one season ago they would not have been like his his daughter or his especially his wife would not have been there to be like yeah kick his ass. Not at all. But now we're at the point where, like, we're behind you. And really, you can only get to a payoff like this where you're having an impromptu karate tournament brawl in the middle of a dojo after hours is if everybody on board is also like, fuck yeah, karate fight. (laughs) Like, Otherwise, the whole thing falls apart. So I'm so glad that they're such good writers. They found a way to make it make sense. So you definitely feel like a... 
it, again, it's like everything done right. It's it's almost like Rocky Five done better. Mm. Well, that's you know I mean? that was always the point of uh, the Karate Kid was to like have like a Rocky for kids. That was always the point, and it's like I feel like going See, going into Cobra Kai that that idea that concept has like matured so much, and it's like yeah, that- and this is for kids. Like yeah. I could I would feel comfortable letting my kid watch this show. I would not, and that's the fucked up part. I would not let my kid watch She Hulk. Yeah. So how how the fuck how did we get here? <laughs> It's but yeah, ca- so and then Daniel, oh my god, that fight with Terry at the end, bro. The flashbacks to the Dude. Terry, the Quicksilver method, and using not only Miyagi Do, but but Eagle Fang slash Cobra Kai moves slash Chosen moves to take him out. So basically, using the blend of all their styles to defeat Terry style, and then ending it with the crane kick. The same kick he made fun of him for in Karate Kid 3? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's why he's a goat! <laughs> I'll <swear. laughs> That's why he's a goat! <laughs> oh my so god. so good. No, man. Bro, I should not be this hyped by a 60 year old man kicking a 50 year old man in the chest. <laughs> it's, 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 it, it's, it's fucking Daniel LaRusso. It's like, how, how can you not? Uh, it was it's so fucking Ralph cathartic. Macchio. How can you not? But that, but if you would have told me five years ago, is that the right number? Whatever, five to ten years ago, that I would feel more feelings from Cobra Kai, from more specifically Daniel Larusso kicking Terry Silver in the chest, then I would Luke Skywalker returning at all. How? <laughs> How? Riddle me that, oh, Batman. Man. Riddle <laughs> makes me no, this. That nah, makes no man. fucking sense. Dude, honestly, when I first saw Cobra Kai freaking like five plus years ago when it first came out on YouTube, I did not think it was going to be this good. I did not expect it to go on for five seasons and like literally be like my favorite show on television going right now. Like none of us saw this coming. No, Stradamus didn't see this coming. No. I remember I was I was in 7-Eleven the other day and I was I was sadly ordering one of those like little pizza things that they have on the front desk. Yeah. And like I I went I was like and as I bit into it I had like a weird Jimmy Neutron brain blast flashback back to watching season one of Cobra Kai where Johnny's eating that pizza on the stoop in front of the 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 convenience store or whatever yeah, and he yeah, meets Miguel. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And I was like. That was like five, four or five years ago. And like when I first remember watching that first episode, I remember thinking to myself, wow, that actually wasn't bad for a Karate Kid remake. I wonder if this whole season is going to be good. And it's like, remember how I felt in that first episode, not knowing where it would go in five seasons, in five years, and for it to be this much better than how it started? Literally. It's like, it's like. We're blessed. <laughs> we have yeah, a little, literally. a little blessing in this show. No, yeah. Because like, look, I'll, I'll, look. There's still, I feel like there's still characters we could talk about. But before we start talking about Cobra Kai, I at least want to talk about one moment I, I, I cried, and I was like, how, how did you make me cry <laughs> at this moment, and to this character, the Stingray. Oh yeah. When he was telling the D and D story, the D and D story that was beautiful. <laughs> that was fucking beautiful. Oh. How did you make me cry for 
Ray telling a metaphorical story about how Terry Silver beat him up and how like he just he just he did it all in metaphor using D and D characters yep. and just the way they it was like bl- this is why filmmaking is so beautiful when it's done right because it was a blend of his amazing acting such a great moment for that actor he fucking nailed it great music great cinematography great writing great tone setting all of it was so good that you made me tear up to stingray <laughs> stingray telling a story using D as a metaphor i'm like yo this is this is ridiculous it's it's unfair <laughs> <laughs> it's unfair how I'm feeling feelings from Stingray talking about D&D than I am about the Hulk talking to She-Hulk. I, it's not fair. <laughs> no, you're right. And, it's not fair. And then She-Hulk will tell me that it's not made for me. Who's it made for? No. I, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. You know, I'm the I'm, audience. I'm, I'm going to fight that right now because it's like literally superhero shows are supposed to be accessible for everyone. We had 10 years of MCU where like no matter what property you were watching, it was accessible for everyone. And no audience, no single fucking audience was alienated. And it's like literally all of a sudden we have this. You know what? I'm gonna. I'll, I'll get on to it when we talk about. Let's just jump in the She-Hulk yep. right now because right we're basically now, right Cobra now. Kai. Let's wrap it up. Cobra Kai, Perfect Vision, fucking amazing. Perfect Vision. S- perfect fucking six. Vision. Oh, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't speculate where it's gonna go. I think that Terry, even though he was arrested at the end, and that Katana fight with Chosen was so fucking epic. I I have a uh, few theories I want to talk about actually. I feel um, like he's not gonna get, uh, get stay stay in jail. I feel like either because otherwise the only other villain would be the Cobra bitch, and nah, I don't feel like Terry. I don't Terry can feel buy like she's himself out of jail if he really wants to. Honestly, exactly. He I has like the money happen. to do so, and he has the connections, and he has the lawyers to do so. Yeah. So I don't think he, I don't think he's gonna stay in jail that long. Um, I was going to say I think Crease breaking out even hurts their case because the whole yeah. point was that they he framed Crease. Yeah. But if Crease broke out of jail, that might. I mean, that's not how the law works. But maybe that that'll be enough of like, uh, oh well, he's not a good guy anyway. That they'll just hand wave away the fact that Terry did that. Oh jeez, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Friggin' goodness knows. I I Chris is definitely gonna come back, but I think for sure. I think that um he's gonna convince Johnny to take Cobra Kai back. I think that by the end of season six, Johnny will have Cobra Kai again, but it's gonna be a new Cobra Kai. Like, yeah, Cobra Kai has to be redeemed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the show's called Cobra Kai, not Eagle ba- Fang. Basically, <laughs> basically, I think that's the direction that it's going to go in, and Johnny's going to take over uh, as Sensei for Cobra Kai again. Like how basically it's like we got we had that in the first two seasons. He lost it in season two, but I think he's going to get it back in season six, and he's going to be the one operating the dojo. Um, but uh, I don't know to what capacity that he'll interact with um, the uh, the granddaughter, the granddaughter of Cobra Kai. Um, but I do think that's what's going to happen. And also this is a minor prediction, but just because we're going like in that direction and bringing characters back somehow, I think, uh, Julie from Karate Kid 4, I always talk about this every time. I think they're going to bring her back next season in some capacity. I don't know how, but they have to, they they brought back literally everybody else. Literally, literally. I I even kind of want to see Jaden. 
I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Jordan, we were actually talking about this before, but we think that since um the Seikai Taikai is going to be like this big international karate tournament, it's uh, a big possibility that um they could bring back uh what's his face uh james jaden smith into that fold somehow um as a grown adult um you don't but- even have to do that all i really want is just give a reference of like mr han's whatever team from china boom mm-hmm. There yeah, you go. That's that, all. Because that, Mr. Han be was the yeah. Yeah, yeah Han was the Miyagi of that movie. So yeah, 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 definitely. That that'd be, be cool. Like that's all I want. Just give me a, a throwaway reference, and I'll as a fan, I'll be happy. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> I just want. I honestly, I just want Julie to come back just so we have that solidification that she is someone who has like trained under Mr. Miyagi. There is another Miyagi Do out there just to add to the family, you know, because we've never seen those two characters interact. So like, I think mm. it'd be like, I think it'd be wasted potential to not have uh mr miyagi's other student to to present herself because i think it'd be yeah. i think it'd be i think it'd be a, uh i think it'd be a wasted opportunity if they didn't do that um, and i've got so much faith in them as writers that yeah. i know if they do do it it's gonna be fucking great literally yeah i cannot wait oh man season six is gonna be awesome season six let's go let's go and let's not go to she hulk now <laughs> let's talk about she hulk <laughs> all right we got what episodes four and five no five and six of she hulk strength is beauty beauty is strength what makes you beautiful she hulk by titania this is the person who legally outmaneuvered you yeah why didn't you trademark your own pseudonym why would i uh did dr strange have to trademark his name did thor you chose two examples of people who use their real names. Mm-hmm. I'm still Jennifer Walters. She-Hulk is just a thing that happened to me. You said you didn't like the name She-Hulk. I don't. I do admit, though, there are parts of it that I enjoy. Episode six was just Jin, and episode five, fuck, I didn't write down the title. Who cares? <laughs> no. One was the I'm I, getting tailored by not Edna Mode the the episode, and the other one was I'm going to a wedding the episode. So literally, like let's let's talk about it. Let's just jump into spoilers. Who cares? What's your rating? Poor vision, poor vision. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I literally the only episode i've enjoyed out of this entire show so far is the wong episode and the wong episode i gave passable but these these past two episodes oh like, oh just, that's why i didn't remember the episode's title it was called mean green and straight poured into these the jeans. jeans these these writers are the most basic bitches <laughs> and even their episode titles are basic bitch phrases <laughs> I hate it so much, but continue. I'm sorry. No, no, forget all. Anyways, I was I was trying to say when it comes these past two episodes, I have not found anything enjoyable about them at all, and it's literally just like She Hulk doing basic bitch shit. Like, <laughs> like there's there's barely any superheroing in this fucking superhero show, and I'm tired of freaking Jen not owning the name She Hulk and just being like totally like totally like. Oh, I hate this name. Or some some fucking man on the internet gave me this name and it just fucking stuck. It's like, you're, oh, you're, but you're... she's so frustrating because she hates it, but That's yet what she I mean. u- no, but she hates it, but yet she uses it. Literally, she 
She uses it to her advantage, but when it's convenient, she immediately be like, oh, why don't people like me for me? But you use She-Hulk to get these guys. No, really? they should like me for me. What? Or or with the name thing. Like, oh, I don't even like this name. All right, well, I copyright that name. What? But I'm She-Hulk. How can you take my name away? It's like... It feels Which is it? so fucking Which is pointless, it? and there's so much contradiction and so much self-loathing in this fucking show, and it's very fucking apparent. Like, I'm sorry, it's tiresome. It's fucking tiresome that this, like, that, like, you have an unlikable fucking protagonist who doesn't like anything about any of the aspects about herself, and, like, literally, you keep finding ways to just freaking make her a sympathetic character. Like, all the shit that was going on in the wedding episode where basically it's like everyone was fucking treating her like garbage. But it's like, I don't feel bad for her. Not real, Like, not really. Because it's like, you didn't have to fucking go. But like, were they treating her like garbage? It was more like mild inconveniences. That, and this, this is the problem. The, the writing in this is so transparent. That if you have even the slightest brain cell in your head, you should be able to see right through She-Hulk. Every time she speaks, every time a character does any action and says anything, you're, it's not She-Hulk. It is a 35-year-old bitter woman who is clearly was a career woman, has struggled to get to whatever position, or feels like she struggled to get to whatever position she's in, but doesn't feel like... like uh, uh, properly recognized and applauded for her her greatness and position. So she's got this chip on her shoulder where she wants people to praise her, yet doesn't have any internal merit to warrant said praise, but yet still wants to be praised. She's shallow and unapologetically shallow, but yet still wants people to like her for her personality. She's mean and rude, yet only looks for... The qualities in a man that is vapidly, like, it's so, it's, it's so, you know what makes me so mad? Because it's, it's just real life written onto the big screen yep. using, using the body of She-Hulk. Because it's just some, it's just the, it's just the writer living vicariously through this character. It's not anything pulled from the comics. It's not anything that a superhero fan would enjoy. No. It, when you say things like it is Mal Ally McBeal. But superheroes? No, it's not. It's just Alec McBeal. And it's it's Alec McBeal in the most shallow and damaging ways. I was ranting to you about this before. The writers are such terrible people that it's like they themselves have not gone on character arcs. So the arcs that they write don't exist. Because it's it's like all the worst qualities in a person, but then yet the writing doesn't view those as negative qualities. Unlike Sam, where she does bad things in Cobra Kai, or says rude or, or selfish things, and the writing knows they're rude and selfish, and the point of that is to have her go on an arc where she has accountability and comes full circle and is able to resolve those issues in herself. She-Hulk, on the other hand, will exemplify the same issues, but yet the story tells us that the only problem is that she does not... She's not getting what she deserves. She deserves better. The Men should put up with how she is. She's perfect the way she is. And she needs to be put on a pedestal for the way she is. 
That is ridiculous. It is like taking Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man 1 and going, he's perfect. Slay yeah. King. Literally. He is the man. He is, he, you, got, you don't got to change at all. You having all these one night stands and you're miserable. So what? That's the way you're supposed to be. If anything, Pepper needs to recognize that you are worth it, Tony. You, are, you, doesn't, you don't got to change a single thing about yourself. Wrong. <laughs> Why does feminism continuously push toxic masculinity as traits they want people to have and yet they're so they're so they lack so much self-awareness they they're so hypocritical that they don't see that by having these virtues they themselves are still miserable but yet they still want these qualities to be pushed as if they're something to aspire to that's bullshit if 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 jen if Jin's bullshit personality was something to be aspired to, why is it why is it that the only man that would tolerate her is the made up unicorn man that keeps appearing in the show? Now we've met two of them. Both of them are uncharacter un like unrealistically uncharacteristically. What whichever. Unrealistically yeah. handsome, but then also confident yet passive. Alpha yet beta humorous and wants to uh, like be with Jin, but at the same time like you, you, you know what I'm saying it's like these this weird impossible person Literally. that is so like, and it's so shallow that it's always a handsome guy that is like passive and befuddled but yet somehow still confident enough to approach you to still make casual non-awkward jokes with you like you know what I mean it's like this 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 illusion of a person that that I think feminism has crafted to, to be the perfect guy. Yeah. But guys like this wouldn't the, even they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't demean themselves to fucking yes. be exposed to a woman that has that much condescendingness, that yes. much fucking ego, and like they have like, options. Oh, I want to be no, please. They they wouldn't subject themselves to a Not person like this. Not at all. Who is no, mean, no, condescending, rude, arrogant, narcissistic. Like go down the list. She's got every personality trait you would loathe as a person. No yet, self-respecting man would ever None. put himself into that type of relationship whether they're she-hulk or fucking not and i'm sorry like this is what i'm going to say about that any woman who wants to support that type of mentality any woman who basically just like wants to diminish men and say that men ain't shit and fucking project all of your fucking pent-up frustrations and anger on the rest of men in society for something that one man to that one man decided to fucking hurt you one day and you want to go and protect it on all men in society fuck you like no no self-respecting men will put up with that shit but, and you're, but and, Jeff, and, and and you will be alone forever if those are the, <laughs> if those are the qualities that you are looking for in, well, clearly, in, in, in a man they, they've been be... alone for a while hence why the, the the writing is so bitter towards men if you notice like at this point can people still deny that it's toxic femininity no How every every single episode there is at least multiple like sh straight up degrading comments toward men like Un unimpressive men, unintelligent men, something men, 
Something negative men. There is something... It's so anti-men, it makes me fucking sick, and it makes me fucking sick that no one wants to go and acknowledge that the show is fucking anti-men. Like, let's talk about the fucking fact that, like, in this last episode, there was, like, an entire thing about how apparently, (laughs) apparently, like, there's this whole thing about cancel She-Hulk and, like, painting targets on She-Hulk's back or whatever, like, all these pictures and all the the fucking, uh, how there's, like, internet trolls and everything, like, talking about it. Like, really? You want to go that far to fucking demonize, like, people who have genuine criticisms about this fucking show and how it's legitimately anti-men and no one wants to fucking acknowledge it? But isn't it it interesting how the the only villain of the show is men? That's the villain. Men, just generally. As a whole. Men are the villain, yes. (laughs) Troll, troll men, shitty men you date. Shitty men in the workplace, shitty men in marriages, just shitty, shitty men that are trying to date you, like, or, or, or catcall you, shitty, just shitty men. Everywhere, shitty men. There are no good, the only good men are the handsome men that are those passively flirtatious ones. The golden and retrievers only, of society. The two. Yes, the two, the, the one that, and the, and the first one was, he was handsome, but he didn't like her for her. So that means that he was a bad man. Even though she literally talked about how she only cares about men that are handsome, but he's shallow, so that's bad. Huh? <laughs> Fuck your double standards, seriously. But but remember where you, you said something earlier where you were saying um things before were made to be accessible for everybody. Yes. And and this show is is not only intentionally, but it revels in being exclusionary to what it perceives to be this toxic male force on the internet. And it's like, it's so interesting that once again, we've talked about before, but remember when gatekeeping was bad? Yep. And like before keeping people out for any reason was something that the fandom was demeaned for as, and they were toxic for gatekeeping. Yep. But now it's just so interesting. Those same people are literally and unapologetically gatekeeping. It's on Front Street now. It's not even... As we progress, so I'm like, what's going to happen in five more years, ten more years? Because now we've already gotten to the point in society now where it's aggressive and blatant. Like, it's it's like, fuck you. I don't give a fuck if we're gatekeeping. You, We've now demonized you enough that you're just a not person to us. So fuck you and how you feel about anything. But you don't know anything about me other than you just think that I'm just evil other. Doesn't matter. If you're against me, you're 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 them. We're us versus them. You're them now. And it's like how do we get to this point where now it's just so apparent that this vitriol is like right out in the open. And we're and and yet even though even though it's out in the open, like you said, people still won't just call a spade a spade. They won't just say there's a toxic femininity. They won't say that this is just sexism, but on the other extreme. It is. It's, it fucking it's weird. is. It's very much is. And it, it has that. So I'm like, Kevin Feige, what happened? How did you let this get out? How did you approve this on any level? Like, why would you want to, 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 uh, not diminish, to, to estrange half your audience. Why? There's no reason to. This is not She-Hulk. Like, this is not a superhero show. No. If you wanted us to like She-Hulk for your bottom line, you think you would make a show that's a superhero show. No. Not an anti-man, unfunny comedy. That's the other thing. This show has no purpose. Like, it's- This it's show so, is- It's glorifi- so egregiously- It's glorified feminist fan fiction. That's what it is. 
Yes, but it's so egregiously bad because it has no purpose. It mm-hmm. is a comedy that's not funny. It is a it is it is a lawyer procedural without a procedural, without any lawyer. Like the 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 little bit if you know anything about law, none of this shit makes sense. Not at all. The the prior episode where she does the copyright thing for She Hulk's name mm-hmm. and the way she wins the case is by using a, the parade of men she dated because she dated them under the name She-Hulk. Somehow that creates, and they just, they just use words that are supposed to be like, oh yeah, that sounds lawyer lawyer-like, so that must mean it's true. It's like that establishes a precedent that her name was what? That's not copyright, just because you use the name. She's even on record on television being like, I don't even like the name. So it's like, how is that going to win your case? But yet, by by the rules of the plot, somehow having her just be... Because the real purpose was just have her be embarrassed by the guy she dated. And really, not even embarrassed in a way that, like, if it was made by better writers, that'd be the opportunity to be like, oh, well, here's all the shitty men you dated because you're actually a shitty person that has shitty taste. And they're shallow, but they're just a reflection of you. And look at... look. Now take accountability for that, and now maybe you should be a better person. Maybe that power that you have as She-Hulk got to your head a little bit. No, that's not the point. The point is what, Jeff? Oh, these men are shallow, and oh, feel bad for Jen because these men don't like her for Jen. It's like, what? Case closed. Jen wins. <laughs> what? <laughs> that makes no sense from like any law perspective. <laughs> Here, here's what I'm gonna say about the show. I like the side. I like so- the side characters in fucking She-Hulk more than I like fucking She-Hulk. Literally, even the- even like fucking um. There's just uh... there's just one of the dudes that she went on a date with. Um, you probably won't know this because you don't want to watch wrestling. But one of the characters that she goes on a date with, his name is David Otunga. He used to wrestle in WWE. That's how I recognized him when I first saw him in the trailer. So. And then I see him in the show, and he's actually, I think he's actually funny. I think David Otunga is actually funny in this shit because it's like. Oh, the black guy? The dark he, black guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's like all about his muscles and shit. That's literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the character that he actually played in WWE. That, oh, he, you mean the side side, like the, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. accessory literally, characters? Literally. I <laughs> okay, the, I agree. I, all right, I was yeah. like, I don't, agree, I don't even agree with that, bro. But the fact that you say like the side side characters? Yeah, Because I, I liked, uh, I liked. Uh, I like Josh Sagara in fu- in this show more than I like fucking She-Hulk. I like Immortal Man, the one <laughs> that killed himself. You know who the Mortal Man is, right? No, who? He's the major domo in fucking uh, Book of Boba Fett. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, he's he's the mayor's major domo in the fucking Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> but the moment he jumped up, like again, no, I didn't laugh a single time in either of these episodes. But the the moment he jumped out the window, I did like scoff a little bit because I was like, huh, that's how I feel right now. Girl, I want to be him. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> he yes. was literally like, I'm out. <laughs> but because even, I know the, the point of that scene wasn't that. It was just to be, ha funny. But to me, I felt that way because they were arguing. It was the most un, again. They, they were doing know- everything in their power to make this man like be held accountable for the shit that, that he's done. And they're not acting as, as impartial lawyers to yes. fucking defend him. They're literally guilt tripping him this entire time when you're they're supposed to be so- like, you're supposed to be representing this man. Like, even though like, yeah, he's done some fucked up shit, but it's like, you're supposed to be their, their lawyers unbiased 
and fucking like you're supposed to be like catering to him because he's the fucking client. But no, now you're catering to all. Of course, you're catering the women. All, yeah, <laughs> all, all the all these me too victims. It became literally. a fucking like therapy session for the women. It was just jazz yes, queen. You know what? You deserve better, and you deserve better. You know what? We don't need no. Ma-. That's all it was. Literally. It, all it, again. Every single part of the show is just all reflection of the writers being bitter, middle-aged bitches who are jealous. Here's the thing. They don't even like women. So it's like feminism is a lie because who are, there are only two types of villains in this show. And, and now I've seen enough episodes to see the pattern. It's either one men and two bitches they're jealous of. So in this episode, it was the, the woman getting married. And you could tell that the writers have all had an experience where one of their friends have gotten married and you want to f- and you and you feel bad because you're not you're not getting married because you're a lonely fucking businesswoman bitch <sighs> so you want to so so what do you do do you as a real friend actually want to sincerely go and help your friend no you want to go stunt on bitches so what does she do she goes there to try and look cool and get attention as she hulk and then, oh no, she's not allowed to be She-Hulk. Feel bad for it's like I'm supposed to be feel bad for the asshole in this situation. She's are, are her friends and assholes? Are they passive aggressive catty bitches? Yes, but she is too. So I'm supposed to feel bad for her because she's a catty bitch to them being catty bitches? No, they're all catty bitches. Fuck them all. <laughs> but the, but you can tell that's the writer being complete or writers being completely or or, or completely lacking self awareness. And not realizing that they're catty bitches. So they, they, they just want us to feel bad for her situation. So then what happens? We, 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 we walk through her experiences of going through very mild inconveniences of the girls asking her to do things she really didn't want to do. Like do dishes or whatever, whatever, whatever. And then we get the little bit of like fan service wish fulfillment of the handsome passive aggressive guy coming around and being like, hey... Uh, I'm handsome, and I'm just gonna completely do all the work and fill in all the personality in these conversations. I'm gonna approach you and joke around with you and make it super easy for you. And now we're uh, oh, and you like me too? Isn't that easy and convenient? And then it's like, there's a moment where I'm, I, that's why I texted you. I'm like, she is, she Hulk is so unlikable. It's when she, and she's drunk. But I don't give a fuck. They, the writers still put this in her mouth. Mm-hmm. She goes on a long tirade, basically being an egotistical bitch and talking about how great she is and how her life is so good and how she wants everybody to basically suck her dick for her life being so good, but nobody's giving her the attention that she wants. And then the guy's response isn't like, ugh, you selfish, self-absorbed catty bitch. His reaction is, I think you're great. I'm like, what? kind of fan fiction is this it's literally glorified feminist fan fiction and i am not and i am totally unapologetic for saying that because that's exactly what the fuck it is it really is and now it's like it's so it was already that but it's getting to the point where it's like how can you still deny that it is how can people still watch this and go like it's just not for you it's like why would it be not for me we're the audience like, I watch shit that's not for me. Like, <laughs> like Pokemon. That ain't for me. I can still watch Pokemon. It, there's never a moment where Ash turns to the screen and goes, or, or Misty's like, I, you know what? I hate men. Just all men. All men are trash. <laughs> you should <laughs> Can you imagine they're like, hey, 
you know what? This 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 movie is not for you, black people. We can't like. Can you imagine if that was for any other demographic of people? Like there would be heads would roll. But because it's this new era of like it's okay to be sexist towards men, I guess it's like that's fine. Girl power. It and then even the the Titania stuff, like Titania picking your fight with her. And then even that being like, oh, I'm just jealous of you because you're so great. And she's like, yeah, I know I'm great. And, uh, like, yeah, there's no – everybody is just jealous of She-Hulk being awesome. Everybody – the world revolves around She-Hulk being the best. She is the, she's a bigger example of Mary Sue than Ray. How yeah. did we get here? No, legit. How no, did we legit. get here? <laughs> legit. Like, and not only that, like, Titania as a fucking, like, antagonist villain, it's like pumpkin spice latte in human form. <laughs> It really literally, is. <laughs> literally. Literally. Like, there's she's no, a villain? Like, she's supposed to, apparently, <laughs> apparently, she's supposed to be a villain. Like, there's no fucking substance to that character, like, at all. She's just there to be a pretty fucking fucking bitch and, like, be fucking, like, selling you all these You know what it's like? You know what this is like? It's like Kevin Feige went to uh, the girls from Mean Girls and told them to write a She-Hulk script. And that's what we got? <laughs> like, it's the only way. <laughs> oh, God. Like, she Hulk nah. is so fetch, you know. What I'm <laughs> nah, yo, freaking like, oh my god, no. Like, if you were to introduce someone to fucking the character of She Hulk, this is not how you I would want to fucking introduce them to it. It's like read the comic books, read the fucking. Comic but, books. but but those same people saying shit like this is not for you. This is like not everything's made for everybody. Okay, but like people, I, I like She Hulk. No. Bullshit. Why wouldn't you want Bullshit. it to be that for argument, me? That argument is fucking asinine. That argument is no. fucking asinine to me because, like, literally, like, everything was written for everyone. You have bro- you have fucking, like, dudes who watch My Little Fucking Pony, well, and that is that's not the, made That's the gatekeeping hypocrisy of, like, why literally, wouldn't it be Literally, I'm me? sick of the fucking hypocrisy. And then I'm also sick and tired of the argument that that's saying, like, oh... Uh, fans, fan, fans are the consumers, and they want to say that. Oh, oh that was the no, phrase. No. Hateful man babies. That was what they literally, said literally. In episode six. I'm like, I, was, I wrote it down because I was like, what was? That was like really hateful man babies. <laughs> I'm literally, literally. Like, like y'all, like y'all want to go and call us hateful man babies for giving you genuine criticism on a fucking show that should be accessible for everybody. It's like there have been countless shows that have been made for one specific audience, and it's like other and like entire audiences are able to fucking absorb it they they're able to be fans of it and 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 fucking like it so why should fucking like the mcu was was supposed to be made for everyone everyone was supposed to have equal representation and all the all these shows were supposed to be like watchable for fucking everyone so and then at the same time we're the ones who are fucking paying for this shit we're the ones who are fucking paying for a streaming service every fucking month and you want to go and say like no we don't have a right to fucking say what what the show should be or how good it should be bullshit you go do you see the do you see the line where inclusion becomes exclusion yep like we're here we're at that line now and it's like there's a subsection of people that just don't care and it's like hmm that's interesting they're fucking That's complic- really they're fucking complicit. Can you imagine and- if Hulk was like, sorry girls, this is only for boys? Sexism. You know that, what I mean? That like, is it, fucking sexism. And that's exactly yeah. what's going on. It's reverse fucking sexism because you're excluding the male audience. And it's like if you re- like seriously, if you really wanted to write a show about a strong female character and have it be catered to a female audience, there's no reason that you should not be able to like make things so it's accessible for the male audience as well. Like, literally, there's no fucking reason. 
No, and every level is just, but it's just bad fucking writing, and and you could tell they're. I mean, look, we could talk all day about this shit because I'm like, ultimately, our our word. This is where the point where I got to episode six, where it's just like, I I went past anger, and I hit this like, sad, cold, melancholic level of acceptance, because like, there's nothing we can say that will ch- change the minds of these people. Because these people, we're not reasoning with fans. Like, you know what I mean? We're not talking to people that actually care about these characters at all. Like, that's that's the our fallacy of thinking we're trying to rationalize with people that are thinking like us. These people don't care about She-Hulk. They care about the message. Because if you cared about She-Hulk, you would do the bare minimum to actually pay homage to She-Hulk at all. Literally. But there's no... There's no Everything that's a comic book thing in this is like in name only. Mm-hmm. There's no attachment to the source material of this comic book character at all. If there's no fun Not to be had. There's no exciting adventure we're going on with She-Hulk. There's no villains beyond just men. And it's and it's so fucking like uh specific and consistent that they're it's like they have a list of every type of man that they want to pick apart. And, and, and point at it and be like, see, even that man is trash. Even that type of man is trash. So we went through the handsome men who are still shallow. We In this episode with the with the wedding, the divorced husband, immortal man, they very specifically wrote him to be like, I'm the nice guy who thinks he's nice, but I'm actually an asshole. I just don't yeah. realize I'm an asshole. And it's like, wow. I can like, you know more about the men you've dated and you have this animosity for. Literally. And I can see that in your writing. That's what you focus on than you do for She-Hulk. You, like, what? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, you care more about those men you hate than you do about your love for She-Hulk. And I can feel that in every single episode. You want to know how bad it is? And here's and- the here's the ironic part to, the whole, to, to all this feminists and comic books and everything. There were feminists. There has been feminist comic book writers and feminist com- comic book artists. Like well, back in, back well, in, no, 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 no. Let me finish. The word feminism the, used to be different. Yeah, I know. That was yeah, the, I know. I know. That's I miss. What, I miss that feminism. I know. <laughs> and here's the thing: there were genuine crit- criticisms about the comp- comic books back in the day when the, the way that they were, they were being catered to a male a male audience. Yes. And and it's like. They used to complain about stuff like fucking She-Hulk being being like too strong, too sexy, whatever. Now it's ironic because we live in this era where these modern day feminists, these second wave feminists, have control of the narrative and they're able to fucking tell these stories with these characters. And now it's total like it's 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 insane how we've gone from that age of society to this age of society where they're telling these stories with these characters and that's not where the fuck they came from. They're telling these disingenuous stories with like disingenuous representation and literally just fucking man bashing the entire time. And no one says, a, and no one says a fucking word. No one fucking bats a fucking eye and they're well, losing their minds. Well, cause they, they control the narrative. Like you yeah. said, but I think it's just interesting that like, it's not consistent. It's, it's hypocritical. Like yep. for She-Hulk specifically, her whole character was about empowerment. Like we said before, she was the original OnlyFans girl that found empower, like her becoming She-Hulk, like in the way that, because we actually understood what masculine and femininity was before, before this all became confusing. But it would the Hulk form amplify your physical traits. For for a man, that was masculinity, rage, aggression, rawr, pure man. For a woman, part of it was the aggression, but the bigger part was her 
feminine feature, her feminine wiles, her sexuality, her confidence. Like she became a pinnacle woman in so far as she became like an Adonis, but then also she became completely comfortable with her sexuality. And it's so interesting to me that this modern age retelling of She-Hulk doesn't lean into those things that made her what she was originally. In fact, they try and strip away those those overtly sexual characteristics, like in terms of how she... It's, it's weird. They want to walk the line where it's like some aspects they want to say are okay, like the, her being promiscuous, but then she can't be sexualized in terms of how she looks, or she can't have too much cleavage. If you notice when she grows, it's not like her clothes rip and you ever see like side boob or something, but then yet it's okay that she twerks it's it's it actually it's not weird this is actually feminism modern day feminism and it's most modern day feminist because it's so confusingly hypocritical and inconsistent mm-hmm. right it's like yeah you want you want to be sexual but you can't be sexual no and sexual modern, modern sexuality is empowerment <laughs> but too much sexuality is also you're selling yourself to men and that's not empowerment. that's the patriarchy you know what i mean so it's like which is it only fans girls and sex work is a is perfectly professional and fine but at the same time it's it's also demeaning because you're selling your sexuality and and a woman is more than just her sex right which is it and you can see she hulk battling those two ideas in its entire conception and it and it's hypocritical because you'll have her sleep around but then there's no lesson about how that's a bad thing but yet if it was a man it is a bad thing but with a woman, because you want to have this message of no, sexual promiscuity is actually empowering. But it's not. It's actually it. It's draining. But but it's not because it's empowering. It's like which is it? But but to touch back what you were saying about it just being so weird how things have changed. It's like yeah, we've lost the the message. And it's also interesting that in trying to give agency and empowerment to She Hulk, again inclusion eventually becomes exclusion. We took away the Hulk's agency, the whole like the, even the interesting part of their story of him being thrust into a situation where he has to save his cousin by giving her a blood transfusion that against her will will make her She-Hulk, but will save her life. But that's something he has to grapple with because he has to make the decision, and it's it fucks him up. But here, because they're like, no, we can't let a man make a decision for a woman's body because message, uh, it has to be her making a choice. But then that strips away his agency she because didn't even ha- she didn't even have the choice she didn't even have the fucking choice in the entire fucking scenario well the she blood- had the choice to she had the choice to save him and that's what put her in the situation that gave her the powers in the first place but he doesn't have the choice now you see so it's like by taking away her choice or yeah by trying to give her a choice it took away his choice but they don't care about the other like just like with Cobra Kai like there's a balance there but they don't see the balance so by trying to equalize it in a way that's completely one-sided for feminism they're stripping away all the nuance and all the things that made these characters endearing because now there's no story it's just oh you bled into me and now i've got powers and i'm better than you and i don't need you see you later it's like there could have been a whole eight episode like the whole story could have been bruce trying to grapple with the fact that he made his cousin a hulk and now he blames himself and she's trying to finally uh uh and even her story could have been the power goes to her head. She's got power that she needed to do whatever. Not stupid win a case, but maybe like in the comics she had to fucking, uh, what was it? Uh, somebody she was trying to prove somebody murdered somebody, so she she actually needed to use She Hulk's powers to 
to you know track down the actual killer and find justice. That could have been the story. That would have been a compelling fucking arc for Hulk and She-Hulk to go on. But instead, what do we get? We get she goes on a a wedding trip, and and I fucking hate that every time they use the fourth wall breaks, she's always just condescending, condescending and bitching at the audience. Literally, she's always just telling the audience, "I know what you wanted, but you're not gonna get that." It's like, why? Why would you? Why would you do this? If, no. Even if you if you have enough self awareness to know that, don't put it in her mouth and make her a bitch to us. Just don't say it. But it's like, no, I'm gonna tell the audience that. Hey, comic book fan, if you want a comic book style stuff, you're an idiot. <laughs> why? <No. laughs> why? That, it's like this is why I'm so tired with fucking Phase Four MCU because it's just like. It's clearly cater only catering to like one half of the audience and fucking pushing everyone else away and basically like no you're a piece of shit and if you don't like it get the fuck out that's basically what fucking is being done here and people want to go and defend it and friggin they they don't they don't get it they don't see how fucking how how damaging that this type of fucking media is and it's like it's just teaching bad lessons literally just she, bad lessons literally like She Hulk is mid. The show itself is fucking mid. And then she got the guy at the end, right? Wasn't she with the guy at the end of the episode? I don't. The Asian dude? I don't remember, honestly. Somehow, the dude, like, she threw no. up, like, in her in his company. She got into a, a fight at the wedding. But nah, he's still with, like, she still no, got no, 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 what no. she wanted. It ended, it ended, like, first she started throwing up, but then it fucking, like, ended with her cousin being drunk and like giving She-Hulk a hug, not even like I swear her cousins are like I, I I don't know if it's her friend or her cousin or whatever or sister whatever, but basically um she's oblivious to like Jen and She-Hulk being like the same person while she's drunk, like apparently she's so fucking drunk she doesn't even remember that that's Jen, so it's like She-Hulk's at my party and gives her a fucking hug, and it's just, and it's just like it's so it's so nonsensical, you know and. And literally, um, but that's how it ended. Like she didn't wind up with the guy at the end. She fucking no. She was on a date with him at the end. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure they were together at the end. Mm, I don't like know. it was during that montage of after the um the four chan, whatever the trolls, <laughs> and she was telling Jin over the phone or whatever, and it cut to the science people doing science to try and. I don't know, take her blood to get Hulk powers or something, whatever the side plot. Like, the thing that should be the plot that is buried underneath all the bullshit uh-huh. is like, oh, yeah, that that's going to happen. Or, and the Daredevil thing that's going to happen. But you can tell that they, they're like, wow, our show sucks, so let's just try and save Daredevil for the Maddie. Bear. So, so Maddie, every scene... Go, Maddie, go home. Maddie, just go home. Don't, bro, don't, don't they, come. Maddie, go but home. They, but you, they're stringing... The, the, you could tell that they're stringing the cameo along. To try and get people to watch. Yep. So like the fact that he even had that cameo of his helmet or whatever at the end of the other episode, it had nothing to do with this episode. Nope. It was it was just there to oh, get people online to be Easter like, oh shit, yeah, oh that, my god, Daredevil's gonna be in the next episode. Oh my god. And, you want to talk about nonsensical fan service? You want to talk about pointless fucking fan service? That's it, right? Fucking there. Literally. Well, he'll he'll be in the series. It, the only the purpose is for Twitter. I'm calling it now. Daredevil's not gonna show up until the last fucking episode. I oh guarantee God. you. We only if got they... three, we only got three episodes left of this fucking show. We oh only got God. three. Ep- we only got three episodes left. It's supposed to be nine episodes. I guarantee you, he's not gonna show up until the last episode. I guarantee you. That'd be so fucking stupid. No, right. dude. I guarantee you, that's what they fucking do. 
That's what the fuck they do. Think about it. Think about it. We didn't get Kingpin in fucking Hawkeye until the very last episode. Oh, I'm so tired. Okay. I, All right. <laughs> I hear you. And I, you know what? I'm going to give my final opinions on these past two episodes of She-Hulk. Fucking poor vision. Poor fucking vision. Fuck yeah, poor vision. I, I don't even want to I don't even want to watch anything else. I don't want to watch any more of the show. I just don't. I, I, I say we literally just fucking like take a break for the next three weeks and fucking find something else to talk about. And yeah. like, and we can, I'm, I'm with it. I'm, yeah. I'm so over it, bro. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yo. It's like, if we had, it's like, you know, cause it's like, we don't like getting together every fucking weekend and like have bad things to say about the show, but it's like, we're not fucking enjoying it. And I'm tired of the argument that, Oh, if you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. Fine. Ugh. The three, can we, th- can, three we can we throw in house of the dragon and rings of power into like a super one take review. It was like fucking four hours of television. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. All right. So let's talk about house of the dragon. I wish to propose a marriage. My daughter and heir. A royal wedding! I hope to herald in a second age of dragons. Rhaenyra's succession will be challenged. Knives will come out. The king will die. And if Rhaenyra succeeds him, war will follow. Prepare Aegon to rule. Um, better than Rings of Power. Way better. Episode four was the horny episode. <laughs> <laughs> Where... Bro, these, these last two episodes made me so fucking uncomfortable with what's going on with fucking um, uh, Rhaenyra and fucking uh, Damon. Like... Dude, I'm, I I know it's medieval era, and like, dude, the king with the Valerian's daughter was one thing, but this is just some other shit. Cause now it's like really getting to like some some Jamie Lannister freaking uh Cersei type shit with the two of them, man. And it's just like I I don't I don't I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah, I mean, so many layers where it's like I guess Damon. Is making a play for the throne that way by making her chastity be in question, but it's like she wanted it, so it's like, oh, okay, that's weird. All right, I'm, well, I'm like, yo, why? And then she, and then she used Sir Tristan, the best character in the show, because he's the Mm-mm. nicest dude. I feel so Mm-mm. bad for. Her. I'm like, yo, he didn't deserve that, bro. No, and then he's he like, didn't. he's basically suicidal by the end of episode five. Bro, don't get me started. I was like, like yo. yo, yo, freaking like he was literally about to commit said puku. He was literally about to commit Bushido at that point. Well, this is like just a, such a good show because, like Game of Thrones, it allows the characters to be shades of gray. Mm-hmm. So, like, I liked Renera more the first three episodes, and then four made me question everything about her character. Yep. I'm like, oh, you're kind of a piece of shit. I don't know how I feel about uh, you. Yo. And then in five, even, I'm like, oh, I don't like how you treated Tristan there. No, I don't know. None of us like how you fucking yeah, treated Sir Tristan. Yeah, he, he I'm didn't like, fucking deserve that shit. It's like, I'm oh, like, so I'm just your whore now. Is that it? It's like, yo, y'all really want to come in and like trying to establish like the an open Every- relationship. Between yeah. between the Valerian son and Rhaenyra, even though they're gonna be fucking wedded to be king and queen, and here's the fucked up part. See, I just one side dick. Okay, my husband's gay, so me and you can fuck. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, oh no. So I am your whore. No, no, no. That's not okay. That is but not he okay. will that... impregnate me at least once. So just know. 
it's like no that is not okay like at all and, hey, and, and it's like what, what what was what was i gonna say freaking um i don't know there's just a lot of things that are making me uncomfortable right now with this show like that those like being the couple of things well it's that like, it's like king viserys fucking allison with his gross body that was that was gross. Oh God! Watching that happen. Oh, like, oh God! I feel bad no. for Allison. I really do. It's like I didn't ask. She didn't ask for any of this, man. She just. But see, to- that's why the show is good because I, I didn't like Allison that much at first, but I liked Rhaenyra. But now I like Rhaenyra less, and now I'm Team Allison. <laughs> I'm like, yo, because Allison was like, she was riding for her friend. Mm-hmm. She really was like, now nah, even though. I, everyone's telling me that you were fucking your cousin. I know you ain't like that. I, I, I was the bitch that fell for your fucking bullshit. You lied to me. It's like, yo, we believed in you. I was rooting for you. I we were, we all, were rooting all rooting for you. For you. <laughs> yeah, and she lied to her face. And then when she found out through though that the conversation with Sir Tristan, where he just confesses without her even saying anything, he's just like, that's not even what I thought this bitch was doing. But she just fucking everybody, huh? She's just a straight up whore, huh? Okay, I see how this is. Well, fuck, because, again, layers. Because I'm not even that sure if, I forgot his name, Hightower, her father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Otto, we, Otto, Otto, Otto. Otto. I know we called him the little finger. Yeah. But I, I mean, a he little was necessary. finger. necessary. Like, going I into. But I don't think his intentions are malicious. I think no. even him, even him wanting his daughter to have sex with the king and have her son or his son i don't think that was like a like oh i just all i want is power it's like everybody wants power it's not yeah. it's not like a, oh i'm just so evil that i want my kid to be the next king it's like a well no i i mean i don't i don't i love my daughter and i want her to be happy but at the same time like it, he he didn't even want to tell the king about uh Rhaenyra and Damon's affair so it's not even like He's just looking for a way to fuck up the 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 family. He dreaded having to tell Viserys that, and then it had unforeseen consequences where he ended up getting the backlash for being the bearer of bad news, and then him having to go to his daughter and be like, "Look, I'm just gonna keep it a hundred with you. I I love my fucking kingdom. I love you, but you know what's gonna happen. Motherfuckers want a man for a king. They do not want Rhaenyra to be the fucking queen, and your son is the rightful heir." So if if she is put on the Iron Throne, there's going to be war. And the only way for that war to be quelled is for Rhaenyra to kill your kid. I don't want it to happen. You don't want it to happen. But you know goddamn well it's what's going to happen. And it's like, he's right. <laughs> he's absolutely right. I mean... That's just real. Like no, so the, the more that I'm watching uh this last episode of um of House of the Dragon, the more I realize like Otto was a necessary evil because honestly, like I feel like he was actually like doing what he thought was best for the king, first and foremost. Um and spo- oh, we're we're going into spoilers now, right? Yeah, we're just jumping the spoilers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say by the end of that episode, the king is like, you know, he passed out and he fainted. And yeah. um I don't. I think it was because of like the illness that he's been that he's been suffering with. Oh yeah, but, he's falling yeah, apart. Yeah, it's yeah, gross. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know. I have this weird suspicion that like his new, uh, his new hand, his new hand of the king, might have been conspiring uh, to try what? and 
I don't know. The had... the the nicest nice guy? Yeah. I got no a... way. I don't know. Why? It's... Why do you think he's conspiring? Because it's Game of Thrones and people aren't always what That's they it? seem. That's the only reason. <laughs> I don't know. I suspect foul play. Like the king what? just like up foul up play and fucking what? Like... The, the, he's the... been dying for a minute. This is this is overdue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I just have sneaking suspicions that like freaking like they're trying to like basically like get the king out of the picture so that way. Uh, nah, this has been. I I like it more that this is a situation that was like. I don't I don't agree at all. I don't think he, there was any foul play at hand with him, uh, falling or or you know passing out at the end. They've done a really good job of every single episode, every time skip. You see this man get progressively more fucked up. He's he gets sweatier and gross looking, and he's falling more apart every single episode. And in this episode, even in the very beginning, when he goes to uh, uh, Sorel or whatever the guy's name is, the black guy, the dreads, and tries to uh, set up the marriage between Renera and his son. Like, he was coughing. Like, every single thing about him was clearly, he was on, like, his... Like, oh, even even the... the, the they, they, they even foreshadow it with his, his, his cousin being like, are you well, cousin? Are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. I'm totally good. Like, no, man. You are, like, on death's door. And I think that's part of the reason why he's been rushing to get all these affairs in order, because he knows his time is short. And I think that's the tragedy of it. Like, he's not a bad person, but his time... Kind of like... King, kind of like a Robert Baratheon. His oh, time yeah. was short. Yeah, before so fucking like, before fucking Joffrey. Took yeah. Over so as soon, so I think shit. the tragedy is just that his death is what's going to set off the Game of Thrones. Where like I, the, the the cinematography of the pool of blood with the rat going up to it and drinking it, like that's that's good visual storytelling. The rats are gonna come out now that blood is spilled. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Like yeah, now we're gonna get everybody vying for the throne. We got Damon going for it. Uh, we got uh, the Corliss guy, his son. Oh, even that. What the fuck? Can you explain to me? Did Tristan just say, like, no more lies? And, like, snapped and killed the fucking gay guy's uh, uh, mistress? No, bro. Friggin', um, the way that I saw that fight, because, like, I lost track of what was going on, too, because it literally just looked like a fight broke out, and, like, I didn't know what was happening. Like, I thought, like, someone was coming in just, like... I well, they did. They made I, it seem like Damon did something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, like, I thought like an assailant was coming in to fucking, like, come and kill somebody or whatever, disrupt the wedding and whatnot. But, yeah, next thing I know, I see Sir Tristan, like going and having a fight with friggin' uh with uh <laughs> prince prince valerian's uh lover that basically like i he i think he thought that he was getting blackmailed when he came up to him to say like oh i know what you know you know what i know uh i know that you are is it is the concubine the right word Pretty pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I figured, too. So it was basically just him snapping and being like, I, my honor won't allow any more lies. No, no. <laughs> he so he literally, he literally said, he literally fucking said, I woke, I woke up today and I chose violence and basically like kicked the shit out of uh out of the print out of the the prince's concubine i did not see it going that way and clearly he did not either because nah. like, i was like all right so here we go like it's gonna be a lot of like backdoor dealings and like oh i'm covering for you so you gotta cover for us nope instantly i'm gonna kill you you motherfucker it's like oh shit that shit was brutal and it's and like then- I, i'm i'm debate i'm still like wondering myself if fucking uh sir tristan has plot armor because he literally could have died like a dozen times over by now like freaking allison basically spared his life after knowing what had happened between him and rhaenyra you know when it's like he should be sentenced to death technically Uh, well i I guess she spared him because he what he knows is like 
basically damning evidence mm. of like just more reasons why she shouldn't be queen, right? That, right? That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh look, she's a whore on top of everything else. So no, she shouldn't have any kids, <laughs> or she shouldn't she shouldn't be the heir. My no. son should. Cause I oh that, that was a great again I I'm Team Allison now. The mm-hmm. way she came into the party with that dress and like it was like that great moment where those like and this is how you set up th- this story's done a good job of giving you little peeks into how the world views the events that, that are happening. Yeah. So in episode four with Damon and Rhaenyra when they went into the town and they showed like the the street level stuff. Yeah. And they show like the play, and the play was kind of like modern day Twitter, but in play form. I'm yeah. like, this is what we think about our politics. <laughs> I'm like, I like that. And then in this episode, where she comes out with the green dress, and one of the knights or whatever turns to another guy, and he's like, "Do you know what they say about uh, the the high tower light when it shines green? Like what? Like oh, it means she's war. Going to war. Yeah. And she was wearing all green. So to like, war. Oh. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, that was like her very subtle message to all of like the lords and ladies that like I'm not with this this new heir and we all know who the true heir is. My baby. My baby Aegon. <laughs> yep. 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 And now I don't know who I got before I was like, Yay, Renera. Now I'm like, I'm kinda team Aegon right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Damon, the game, baby. Damon Damon's a prick. Damon killed Oh that no so, no don't take me back oh <laughs> let's talk about like oh the but what about your wife and so and so he's like oh well the sheep look better than her at a fucking ugly ass Dude, and then you see her it's like his wife is beautiful damon is a high. bastard damon is a fucking bastard granted she's kind of a bitch so maybe yeah. personality <laughs> oh come on we got like one scene with her like being being like you know and she was a bitch <laughs> i don't think one. she was a bitch i think she was validated not to damon to the other guy oh well well that i can well yeah it was like for no reason she was like uh no i'm gonna hunt for a deer it's like all right chill <laughs> i just asked for hunting oh oh no i didn't think anything of that like I, it, that was tame to me that was fucking tame. Like, I don't know. Plus, yeah, I, I feel bad for her, though. I was yeah, like, damn. I yeah, I do. Because I'm like, Damon, you're a fucking bastard for fucking killing your own, killing your own wife. It's like, yeah, if she was my wife, I'd be fucking proud. Like, shit. Well, every time he's on screen, he just captivates everything. Because, like, even when he was talking to the uh, the uncle or the cousin or whatever at the dinner, at the, the wedding dinner. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man. I know you probably suspect me of killing your cousin, but... I get her stuff now, so you should call me sir. <laughs> it's like, all right, dick. Yeah, that was very big power power move on yeah. on Damon's part. So he knows how to. Why do you think he game. couldn't fuck Rhaenyra? Oh my god! Wait, what? Why? Why do you think he couldn't fuck her? Do you think it was like because he cares about her? Do you think? Well, yeah, like- no shit. It's like, yo, this is my niece. No, like, but I. Do you think that's why? Because it seems sexual. Like even when in episode five, where he came up to her in the wedding and grabbed her by the face. I, I don't think it's like a, oh, I just, I have too much respect for you. I, I think, here's my theory. I think it it's not fun for him mm-hmm. if the other person makes it too easy. Oh, that makes sense. Damon likes power and he clearly likes it. Like, yeah, that makes sense. That Like that... when she started getting into it, that yeah. turned him off. That's like that's when he was like, no, I'm not into this anymore. She she's enjoying this too much. He, oh, oh, what's the word? He's a he's a he's a sadist. Yes, he's a sadist. Yes. Oh, he likes pain. Yes. Well, maybe he likes to give pain. Or maybe he's just impotent. <laughs> 
Possibly. Because he I, was also because he also couldn't get it up for his concubine chick that first time we saw them having sex, right? Mm, Wasn't that what happened? She was like, mm, oh, what's wrong, my prince? No, like, that, no, they... I thought they had sex. They were having sex, but then she was like, what's wrong, my prince? And he was like, oh, I just... My mind was somewhere else. And then we saw him sitting in the brothel when he said the... Uh, when he made that, that offhand remark about the his son... Or his uh, his brother's child dying. Mm. Like the, 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 the prince for two minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Remember he was in the brothel, but he didn't. He wasn't having. He was just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, maybe he's impotent, and maybe he just can't get it up. Maybe. Really? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, mm-hmm. These are just theories. But I like that they don't make it clear. Like it, it could be a lot of things. Yeah. You just kind of have to. You have to guess. I mean, I mean that kind of makes sense. It's like I don't know. That kind of does make sense because it's maybe like, considering the fact that he actually has no children, so mm. he very well could be um, infertile. That's that's a big possibility. Maybe. Maybe. We shall see. But mm. I, I just think that he's still the strongest character. Just like every time he's on screen, it's like, oh, what's Damon going to do now? Absolutely. Oh, man. I love when Viserys was like chewing him out for fucking around with Rhaenyra. Like, you don't lust for my daughter. You lust for my throne. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, was oh, a br- that was an amazing scene. Like, that, that, was, that was so good. That scene great, was so good. Great actors. Bro. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I guess what else is there to talk about? The, the gay... Prince, who's trying to like I I'm just surprised there wasn't much to but it. You, though. But you see what I mean? Like where I, where before I was talking about Rings of Power, the the storyline with the racist mom. Oh no, the racist son and the mom. Yeah. How I was like I feel like one of them should have died in that scene to yeah. make the other story more interesting. Yeah, that's what happened here with the gay prince. Because mm-hmm. if it was just him being gay, like all right, well, whatever. <laughs> but the fact that they, you kill you 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 portrayed him as so. Like, what's going to happen to him now? He was so in love with that dude, and now that the dude's dead, you can see how, how, how wrecked he was when oh he was giving God. his vows to Rhaenyra. So, like, is he now unhinged? Is he now going to be, like, a like a danger? What happens now? I'm curious. Yeah, that that I'm very curious to see, because it's like, the Valerians are, like, they're very gray right now in terms of alignment with everything, because Lord Val- King, the Lord Valerian was, like... He was so quick to go and join Damien because, like, he was basically, like, he took the rejection hard for um, the king not wanting to marry his daughter. So now the king's trying to make up for it by having Rhaenyra wed his son. But now the son has his own conflicts because basically, like, uh, his queen's lover killed his lover. So now it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's crazy. It's freaking crazy the way they Drama! Right yeah. <laughs> Yeah, literally. But um in ter- I don't know, in terms of their relationship, like I don't know. Like I I liked the dynamic between uh Henry Baratheon or was it Renly? Renly Baratheon. Renly yeah. and, and Lord's and and uh Lord what was his name? Freaking Iron Fist. I don't even remember. I, Iron Iron yeah. Fist. Oh yeah, 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 Iron Fist. I I like their dynamic a lot more because it lasted a lot longer and this one was just like a very like big flash in the pan. It's like, okay, we've established that the prince is gay and now his lover's dead and now this lead this will lead his conviction into the next couple of episodes. So, <laughs> I like the mom being like you know his true nature. <laughs> He's uh, like, oh, uh, he'll grow out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when she said that, I didn't think about like him being gay at, in that perspective. Like when, 
when she said that, I thought like, oh, is he like some kind of like evil asshole that we don't know about? Like, oh, oh that's no. what I thought. That's what I thought she was alluding to was that he's secretly like a, a shitty asshole and he's gonna turn out like fucking Joffrey. That's what I was. That's what I thought she was going with that. <laughs> Speaking of assholes, there was a moment where I forgot the joke, but one, like the Lannister guy made like the most like her her like, like woman joke of like huh, women. Am I right? And everybody looked at him like. Really? Like, like, there's still, like, the message is here. Like, they're, they're, yeah. this show does have the message in quotes. But uh-huh. the, it's well written, so it's, it's like, subtle. it's not, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's there, but they're able to kind of work around it in a way that's like, eh, it doesn't, like, as long as it's a good story, you can forget, like, it doesn't matter what the message is. And the message inherently is not bad. It's, you know, females can be leaders too. Okay, yeah. fine. That's fine. That's a fine. Absolutely. That's a fine message. Absolutely. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But it's not it's not like She-Hulk where it's just everything's handed to you. It's there's Abby. there's good, there's bad, there's a mixture of both. There's ups and there's downs. Like you do shit that you You know what I mean? There's an arc. There are things that we're we're rooting for, we're interested in. Yeah. That's that's Go, that's one of the things that I feel bad that, for Viserys. I don't want him to die. Oh god, he's a great he's a great character in the show. So if him if he dies next episode, that's gonna suck. Oh god, like he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, which is crazy. I, I didn't think that I would be like, yeah, Viserys. <laughs> but I feel bad. Nah, you you. Oh, I thought there was a moment in the episode that I I almost forgot, but I was like, I thought he died in that moment, and I was like. <gasps> No, Viserys, where he was talking to his hands, and he was like, tell me, like, when I die, will people remember me as a good leader? Oh, God. Like, I felt so bad. My heart. And then, and then it fades into, like, a sky shot, and I'm like, oh, did he die? I'm like, oh, he's alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt he so just bad. Di- he just died, like, sipping his drink right there. Yeah, because he, he, he like, kind of, like, with us, he was like, oh, maybe... It's best not to know. And he kind of like falls asleep. And I'm like, <gasps> no! <laughs> he died in his sleep drinking his last sip. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that would have been something. But no, he's, uh, well, I think he'll be, I, I don't know. The way things are going, I got a feeling that he's, he, he might not be here for. He's definitely dead next episode. Yeah, There's no way. He has if not, he's just like bedridden for like at yeah. least one episode. Yeah, literally. He's going to wind up like the fucking, the king of, uh, of, uh, Numenor in fucking, uh, Rental Oh, Power. don't, don't, don't bring him. He's going to wind up in the highest room in the tallest uh... tower. Being bothered by no one except his his oh queen re, his queen region of a daughter. I've I, I've been burdened. I feel like uh, Thanos. I've been burdened with knowledge. Jeff. I, found, I, I found out things about the Lord of the Rings mythos. Like I watched this video that was talking about like the book lore and mm-hmm. what what Numenor. Is supposed to be right. Do you know anything about that? Well, I guess we're no. doing House of the Dragon, right? Did we rate it? Did we rate the last two episodes? N- uh, no. Uh, House of Dra- House of Dragon. Um, uh, these last two episodes, I'm definitely gonna give it um uh, more than passable. Yeah, I'm gonna give it more than passable too. I, passable. I wouldn't say I I cringe too many times from the the, the discomfort to say it's perfect for me. <laughs> like no, 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 no don't do it. <laughs> no, def- definitely uh, not. More than yeah. more than passable. Yeah, more than passable. All right. Yeah. But so let's jump in the rings of power. Nothing diminishes its light. You're asking me to go to the one place that I swore never to return. Together we can survive this. When all this has ended, elves will take orders from us. Summon the legions. It is time. 
So here's one question that I have. Um, so this this stranger character that we've been seeing throughout the past few episodes that has magical powers, he's clearly been. Oh, shorting. Gandalf. Um, <laughs> I have a suspicion that it might not be Gandalf. Okay, who is it? Sauron. Saruman. I think it could. Oh, be. Saruman. Saruman. I think. He, oh. I, I, I have yeah, this. That... I have this strange, suspicious feeling that if it's not Gandalf, it could possibly be Saruman, because um, honestly, it's like I feel like to not have Ian McKellen as Gandalf in this in this series would be a missed opportunity. So I got a weird feeling that maybe they wanted to recast Saruman. And that this character who is identified as a stranger could potentially be Saruman. Cause well, we either way, he's a wizard. It don't yeah. matter. Insert yeah. X. He's but, he's meant to elicit all the feelings of Gandalf, so he might as well be Gandalf. Maybe I don't know. I could be wrong. The only whatever reason I, sorry twist they throw out there, it's still whatever. Yeah, it's still Gandalf. <laughs> the only reason that I think that is because of like the nature of his mystical abilities. Because it's like uh he so one of the things that he got to do this past episode is that he actually saved the hobbits from a pack of wolves and he uses like this fucking he uses his arm to fucking do like a like a big like earthquake type of thing. Gandalf like, does that. Yeah. The weird well, force push thing? Does he? Yeah, they, that's that's like their main power is like Gandalf and Saruman throw force pushes. Okay, maybe it maybe it maybe it is Gandalf for all, but I don't know. I'm I'm speculating, you know. But the thing that like, has me that like has everything me, he's done has been like a Gandalf thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, it's like I'm suspicious. Now I'm thinking about it because we we went back to the crater that he fell in from the first episode, and there was mm. like this this group of like uh, white cloak, shaved blonde haired uh, cultists or something. Cultists, yeah, who are clearly looking for him. So I'm wondering if that if they have anything to do with with uh with Saruman because they're looking for him, you know. So it's like I, I don't can know. see I could see Saruman too. That's not a bad theory. Yeah, I don't know what else to think because it's like it's early Middle Earth and it's like shouldn't all of the wizards you know be around at this point if that's the case? So it's no, like, ten, I don't think. Are you going by the actual like original lore? Because in the original lore, I've been told. That all of the wizards show up in the next age, not the second age. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. That yeah. I did not. No, even every know. bro. Like I said, I have been cursed by knowledge because it's so much. I, I didn't even read the books, but just the cursory knowledge of what this show could have been. Right. Like, did you know that Numenorians are supposed to be like godmen, like really? men that are like the basically the perfect Adonis male specimens oh. that are like. So the Golden Children from Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two. Kind of not. I mean, those were like those perfect beings or whatever. That's kinda. what. I'm, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah like mi mix them with three hundred Spartans. Ah, and they're supposed to, yeah. Gotcha. And they're supposed to be like the the ultimate. It, it's supposed to be really a metaphor from what I gather the folly of man, like right. man getting as close to God as possible. And then like they're supposed to be like this whole war where the Numenarians, because the elves go to that. That we're not even talking about Rings of Power right now. I'm just talking about what I know about the lore. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. just to give you like so, some table setting before we get into all the shit that I hated. Right, right, right. Um, because this is what the show should have been. Where it's like the 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 afterlife that the elves go to. They're like the other worlds or whatever. That's untouched by the blight of Middle Earth. Right. 
like that's basically the elven heaven and the gods of middle earth basically came down and was like oh elves here's your is your heaven you you you're here and humans you're here all right we're peace out we're gone and numenorians were like after centuries of fighting with the elves or whatever they were like hey uh we want to go to heaven heaven looks awesome let's go to heaven and they wage war uh, it's because it, Tolkien was like very based in like Christian mythology. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like Lucifer going to wage war against God in heaven and they all lose. But because they get cast out of heaven, that's why in Middle Earth, the current continuity, that's why the, the, the Ron, what were they called? The, um, the factions of human that are splintered, the mm-hmm. Rohan Ro- and Ro- the horse lords. Well, yeah, the Ro- Ro- like Rohan, of- Rohan was the home of the Horse Lords. That I there's know. A, there's a couple of factions that were in the Lord of the Rings movies, but those factions are all descendants of the Numenarians because they were like the original great human empire that was fractured after they tried to defeat God and lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, yo, make that the fucking. But meanwhile, cut to this show. The Numenarians are like fucking punk asses. They all fucking suck. Their armor looks, they're not golden god Adonises. They look like fucking marshmallow men in their like little rubbery armor. They, they're like, they're like pissant fighters that Galadriel like, like effortlessly defeats with like one hand and the most cringy fucking fighting possible. I'm like, this is the, the Numenarian god soldiers that I, I was told about they're supposed to be like eight feet tall they're, they're supposed to be spartans like 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 three like um like halo spartans yeah like those levels of spartans right it's like but they're getting soloed by galandriel yo they're getting soloed by Haladrill or whatever his name is the mate the, the possibly sauron possibly aragorn guy he's the dude he's punching him in the face knocking him out i'm like they're supposed to be God men. <laughs> there's just a, such a cooler show here. Like there, there could be so much more focus on the things that are badass from the original lore. That like, but fuck that. Fuck the what it could have been. Just the show itself. Are it's you all, enjoying it's, it? It's literally all show and and no substance. And it's like there's like a handful of things that I get enjoyment out of seeing the show. Freaking like. Uh, I don't know. It's all spectacle. You know, it's just like literally the only things that I can enjoy in this show. And you and I can both agree on this. It's the the, the parts with Durin. It's the parts. Yes. Durin is the only character. He's carrying the show on his dwarven prince arms. (laughs) Shoulders rather. That is the only like part of this show that I am genuinely enjoying so far is seeing uh, the dynamic between El El Elron and, and Durin. And... Yo, I laugh. I le- yo, She Hulk doesn't make me laugh. But there was one moment in Rings of Power I legitimately laughed, and that was in the most recent episode where apparently El elves are dying, which is like, where did that come from? Okay, there's a blight on the immortal tree of elves, and apparently we need the Mithril. To saturate elves, what is, whatever the fuck that means, the rocks, how do you saturate somebody in rocks to give them back their immortality? So they're, Elrond's trying to convince Durin to help him mine the Mithril for the elves. And Durin is such a good acting beat where Durin's like, say it again. And he's like, the 
entire elven race. The fate of the entire (laughs) elven race rests in your hands. And then he's he's looking this way, and he slow turns with like this weird little smile. Say it again, Lon. (laughs) He says like, "Whose hands? (laughs) Yours, Elf. Yours." I was like, "Bro, that he." That's all just the actor being so enduring. That's the one thing that Lord of the Rings has over, like, so many other fantasy genres is the dwarves. And the dwarves, like, they're always good. The dwarves are, like, always, like, the best thing about Lord- watching Lord of the Rings. And Dur- and Durin, I love watching Durin. I love seeing the, the dwarven mm, culture. I don't know if you agree with that because I'm like, Hobbit had a lot of dwarves and they fucking sucked. <laughs> no, they didn't. The, no, they what the didn't. fuck? What the? Do you, I, I don't I don't what was wrong? No, no. What was wrong with the dwarves in the Hobbit? What was wrong with them? Other than the only dwarf that mattered was the prince dwarf that was kind of an asshole. King, oh uh, the king. king yeah, who? Else? I mean, all the other dwarves were just there. Like they were just they were just side dwarves. Like it, uh, oh, and the dwarf that fell in love with the elf, pretty dwarf. I don't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that's the only. That was honestly that was a little bit. Um, immersion breaking for me was how handsome the door those two dwarves were. I'm like, yo, dwarves aren't supposed to be that fucking handsome. That's like, the same problem. Well, that's Hollywood. It's the same problem with um, Disa, because like she just like, looks like every him- time they cut the Disa, I'm like, that's just a black woman. Give her, give her a beard. Like if I don't care, make her. You could make her black. Whatever. Like I don't agree with that either. But if you're gonna do it, at the very least. Give her a costume and a appearance that when I look at her, I think dwarf. I don't think short black woman. That's all I think about when I see her. I'm just like she's just a black woman. Um, um, I I legitimately cannot unsee the check the check boxes that are in this show when it comes to black representation with these characters. Uh, it's like literally, it's such fucking check boxes. There's a black dwarf, there's a black elf, and there's a black fucking hobbit. And the problem is they're all inconsequential. So, like, Arendir, tell me something about his personality. Dude, he's just this, like, <laughs> this stoic elf with no fucking emotion. And it's like, he's stale. He's fucking stale. Like, he is, he is good at what he does, you know. He's just legless. He, <laughs> no. Nah. But, but not interesting. He's just, he's a legless, he's, like you said, all show, no substance. He's legless, legless in action and in visual appearance. He has as no in... charisma. He has no, no. charisma. No, no. charisma. None. He's just that. He's a plank of wood. He had one good line in the most recent episode where he was telling the the racist kid to aim higher. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was like one of the few times I feel like a metaphor actually landed. Do you get what? I, okay, now do you understand five episodes in what I mean by it's like they try and use flowery like Lord of the Rings style language to make all of these metaphors just feel forced, mm-hmm. like it. It, it's not like Game of Thrones where they'll talk like old timey here and there and it, it fits. Here it's like it's like they're trying real hard to make these metaphors or analogies with these fictional things and it, it comes off as like unnatural and, and forced. Do you get what I'm saying now? Yeah. Have you seen enough times? They do it all the time. Like, And it's like it just takes me out of the dialogue too because it's like why, do you, why does everything have to be this weird analogy to something fantasy based? It's because they think they're trying to sound like Tolkien, yeah. but it doesn't sound like Tolkien. <laughs> no, not at all. Honestly, like... Oh, here's a good example. Here's a, here's a really good example. When Galadriel was t- girl-bossing the the Numenarian soldiers, mm-hmm. and the, she was in the teaching yard. them... 
Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. No oh, no, wait, no 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 no. Uh, Galadriel. Yeah 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 yeah. Okay. And she was like, "Fight with your feet, not with your arms." It's like, I know that might have sounded deep to you, and I yeah. I get what you were going for. You were going for footwork is important in a fight, but it comes off in the most ham-fisted. Like I'm trying so hard to sound deep way. Literally. Fight with your feet. Like you fight you literally do fight with your arms. Like you're telling me yeah. not to fight my arms? Okay. Arms dead. <laughs> Just <laughs> fish boiling. Tis, tis but a scratch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's just ugh, it's so fucking bad. Oh my god. Nah, man. It's like, I don't know. I I I, I wish Peter Jackson was involved with this show cuz it would be so much fucking better. I mean, you know they ghosted him, right? What? No. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. They, but like during post or pre-production, uh, they wanted to involve him. This is the story that he came out with. Like he, he talked about it because people asked him and he was like, uh, they told me they would send me a script. No, no. They asked me if I wanted to be involved. I said, sure, but I need to see a script. They never sent him a script and they never followed up again with him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that? Did that no, say everything? <laughs> that, that, no, that is literally some disrespectful shit because Peter Jackson is Lord of the fucking Rings. I mean, he's the closest. I mean, they're trying to emulate him. So no, no. You Peter would think Jackson, they would like Peter they're Jackson. trying to literally steal his swag. You think they would like, get his opinion on something? Nah, bro. Nah, that's some disrespectful shit because it's like Peter Jackson is like the George Lucas of Lord of the Rings, and now it's like Amazon's gone and basically like taking his baby, and they fucking they made this abomination. Nah, I hate bro. Galadriel. I hate her. All, in my, I'm looking through my notes right now. I'm like, all my notes basically just say, like, I hate Galadriel. She can't act. Her face is always the same expression. Like, when she was having a conversation with the Haladrill, or I keep forgetting his name. Oh, uh, Halbrand. Halbrand. Like, her being like, I, I guess you used me. I thought I was using you, but you really used Bitch! me. He's like, yeah, I guess I did use you. I'm like, oh, God. I hate this writing where it's always, everything's always everyone else's fault. She's always right. She doesn't have to change. You know she's a bitch. Ah, bullshit. I, it's so bad. But it's like, but it's it's made doubly worse because she also can't act. So every time they, they, they close up on her face, she always says, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always that same, Sour, like. Sourpuss. Yeah, like a sourpuss, like. That, the resting I don't want face. that ice cream. I want my ice cream face. That, that's the face. Like every single time, like I want it now. Yeah, she's that girl. She, <laughs> she's literally her. Veruca yes, salt baby. She's Veruca Salt oh from fucking. <laughs> I want it now. Because I don't oh give a fuck God. about any of the storylines. Like her and Numenor with the queen, who's also a bitch. Uh, that that whole thing where I there is a tempest in me, queen. It's like oh. You're so impotent. Not impotent. That's not the word. Uh, what's the word? Uh, impudent? No, not impudent. Uh, <laughs> I forgot the word. <laughs> petulant. Petulant. Impetulant. Yes, yes, you're so petulant. Like that's a, a good, child. Uh, that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah, yeah, literally. That's it's so bad, bro. It's like... It's like the She-Hulk writers and the Rings of Power writers were like like across the street from each other, <laughs> and they would have. Oh, hey! Seat. You're they making have... a show with a toxic feminine fe- uh, with a toxic feminine uh, protagonist. We are too. Let's trade notes. Yeah, like every time, every day they have lunch together. That's what it feels like. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you keep remember, like, and, and they're doing the thing that that Last Jedi did, that we we praised Cobra Kai for not doing, which is they 
they just deconstruct all of the characters that were cool, like Isildur. He's the guy that in the beginning of the Lord of the Rings story, he's the first one that doesn't cast the, the ring into the fire, right? Cast into the fire! Isildur! That guy? Mm. He's him? That's crazy. He's a little bitch. He's a little bitch boy who's the guy who cuts off Sauron's finger in the end. That's him? No. No, that's not him. Gandalf or Saruman, whoever, he, he's sitting there with not Frodo, the girl, going, I'm good? Yes, you're good. I'm good. That is the most, like, writing 101. It's like you, you watch Iron Giant and it was like, let's just do that but worse. Let's just take out all of the good character development or, like, the good writing from it and just boil it down to the most basic, I good? I good? I'm like, yo, <laughs> Saruman or Gandalf, doesn't matter. It's still like, this is what we're doing with this character. And, 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 in a, and that whole storyline is just about him helping these not hobbits not be left behind by their fucking shitty society. Like, why, why, do you get, like, do you understand how shitty their society is? We're like, they're so they leave behind their kin if they can't keep up with the caravan and that is it's a very toxic mindset but like wasn't I, their whole little speech their little song like no we all walk together and no one walks alone whatever that whatever no, <laughs> literally it, it contradicts itself it really does and it's like freaking you you would think that hobbit society would be a lot more caring and but don't you don't you see jeff yeah. That's why Hobbit society becomes so caring. Because little girl Frodo is going to... There are so many girl bosses in this fucking... Every single storyline has a girl boss. Sometimes multiple girl bosses in the Numenarian storyline with Galadriel and the Queen. But every... She's going to be the girl boss of Hobbits. Queen changes, Regent! Yes. She changes all of Hobbit society by being the girl boss of that society. Uh, the girl boss of Numenor with Galadriel and the Numenorian queen is the queen girl boss who also the villain of that storyline is the toxic man the the Sal whatever his name Salvador I forgot his name that who? the bad guy uh, huh? the guy that's like gonna definitely take over Ad the city Ad Adar no not no 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 the guy in Numenor who's like the guy that's oh, like I I know what you're talking about yeah, yeah he's the he's Trump basically. That's that's what he is. He's he's Trump. So when she leaves, he's gonna take over and be like, you know, she really shouldn't have uh, abandoned the people like that. You're right. Toxic masculinity. Because the same thing's happening on the other storyline. Like it's all the same story over and over. You go to the 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 Arendir storyline with the the racist kid and the mom. Now the mom became the girl boss. How did the what is she? How did she go from the village mother to the girl boss? Like. Like like cut because army cut, leader because she cut off an orc's head fuck it in like episode oh. three oh okay that's why she's girl boss of yeah, no seriously no this is something that I'm gonna say and it's like I don't find that a tiny little woman like that should be capable of fucking killing an orc that way or even being able that's to stupid. fuck I, I don't find that believable at all like unless you're six feet tall super strong she Hulk doesn't matter dude message. Message: Girls can do anything. Boys can do, but better. But it's she's a mother. Fantasy. Yeah, but she's got no. She's a mother with no fighting experience. Doesn't matter. But the orc we've already shown on screen is superhumanly strong. Literally. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like it's what? Bullshit. It's bullshit. And then and then who's the enemy? Who's the enemy of that storyline? 
Man. 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 A man. Man. A man who... Who who undermines the girl the woman's authority and then has hat? Do you even? I I am con- okay. I'm putting on my conspiracy. Hat. Breathe, breathe, I'm, breathe. I'm, no, no, I'm not gonna breathe. I'm putting on, I'm putting on my tinfoil hat. Okay. And this is now conspiracy, Jordan. You ready? Okay. Okay. Across all of these badly written, I put badly in quotes. I'm not sure it's badly written. I think the point is this is the message is more important. So we perceive it as bad, but to the people who are eating this up, they're still internalizing the messages here. There's a point in this episode where, when the guy undermines her authority, he takes half the village with him. The other half goes like, but what are we going to do? We lost half the people that were on our side. And he goes like, but half stayed basically being like, we don't need them. We don't need half the people like together. We are more is not a thing anymore. Now it's all us versus them. And that's playing out even in these stories. Yeah. So it's what I think is happening. And this is this is conspiracy Jordan, keep in mind. Nope. But I feel like we're we're slowly massaging in the idea that it's okay to turn against your would be kin. The people who are your friends, who would be who would have been your friends. The let's just call it what it is. The Republicans. The people that don't think like us, we have to be okay with turning our backs on them and not giving a fuck about how they feel about anything. And I feel like all the things that we interpret as selfish, as narcissistic, as bad messages aren't bad messages to the people making these messages because we are quickly approaching the part, the place in society where, I mean, like, look, with She-Hulk, it's like, this is not for you. Like, the gatekeeping has already started. Yep. I, it's, I'm not gonna go as far to be like, oh, it's gonna be a civil war or something like that. But there will be a civil war if it's not physical. It's going to be an emotional and mental physical civil war that divides our country to the point where we are primed for a physical civil war because it's hap- it's, it's it's just got it keeps getting worse. It keeps getting more prevalent, and I and now I'm seeing it in our entertainment. Where it's it's really like fuck them, like but there are allies, but fuck them. They don't think like us, so fuck them. Let them die, and you know what? They deserve it. You know, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, I, I, it's even happening in things like She-Hulk in Marvel. It's it's like a these people are and they're not saying it, but they're they're saying it. Men bad. These men bad. Masculinity bad. This. This version of masculinity we can't control is bad. But the masculinity we can't control, the masculinity that's for us, that that's okay. But anything that we deem as toxic masculinity, that's bad. I don't know. That that's I just I I it's getting to the point where I'm like I don't feel comfortable watching this stuff anymore because I see how these messages are a reflection of what we're doing in society, but then it goes the other way too. Like that's a reflection of the things we do in society. But by watching this stuff, it normalize it. Like it almost like it affirms it. It reaffirms what people already feel, which is yeah, fuck them. Fantasy says fuck them too. Yeah, fuck them. Mm-hmm. And and it's like it's so on Front Street how it's just a it's so thinly veiled as racist or political. Like it's 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 not like like Lord of the Rings had metaphors. But nothing was as right in your face as 
Elves are the fucking black people. They are the pointy ears. We are racist. Does everyone acknowledge that we are racist right now? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you're making it pretty obvious. You're the racist. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No, yeah. honestly, like the just like the amount of how much division there is in any fandom these days, it's fucking tiring. And it's fucking tiring that, like, no one wants to hear each other out. Everyone would rather fucking fight and say, like, oh, your opinion is trash. Your opinion is toxic. And, like, just, it's like, I'm, I'm tired of it. I really am. And it's like, I think it's that's so... the point, though. I think it's supposed to tire us. Because there's no escape. They purposely went to all of the places that you would escape. Right? Like, it's not, it's not a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence. No. It's, it's too prevalent. It's too consistent. And, and exactly how we feel about it, like, when it, we're, we both feel tired, that's what they want. It's breaking us down. It's like, fuck, man. Like, it, we can't No, win. no, like, literally. <laughs> because it's like, we go to the movies, we watch these television shows to fucking have our escapism from the real fucking world. And now, shit from the real fucking world is pouring into our media. And there's no fucking, like, there, there's no, there, 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 there's, there's no difference in either of them because it's like you're seeing like real real life but jeff it's always been political you heard that before right yeah i have lies no lies no. it's never been political like this it's like never been fucking political. And i was talking to you about this i feel like what's happening is the same tactics politicians use to turn their political allies against their political rivals by being like that person's racist that person's sexist that person's that person's everything bad that's what, and by doing that, there's a, if you are able to, it's called a smear campaign. If you're able to smear that other person enough, it makes that person, say, radioactive. Mm -hmm. And they're radioactive because that means nobody wants to touch them with a 10-foot pool. Nobody wants to be associated with them. Nobody wants to share their opinions. Nobody wants to reflect their views at, on any level because then if you associate with that person, like an Andrew Tate, for example, then you're put in that same category. So what they're doing now because they've realized that, oh, if we do that same thing with entertainment, things that might have been terrible and gotten no play, like, for example, I'll throw it out there, like like a Woman King, for mm -hmm. example. <laughs> Maybe in a non-political world, that movie would have gone under the radar and no one would have talked about it. But in a world where you can position anyone against it as being the evil, the evil, mind you, the evil other, you demonize them. Now, you got to see Woman King to just support those people. Because if you don't, you're them. You don't want to be a demon, right, Jeff? Don't you want to? Don't you want to be a good person? Don't you? Don't you view yourself as a nice guy? You are, right? So then you aren't a sexist. You're not. You're not a racist, right? So then you should see Woman King, right? Like that. That's what it is. That's how they're getting people to. That's how they're. That's how they're making their money now. That's, mani a, that's manipulative as shit, and I don't so, like it when bro, when people so are. I seriously do not like the fucking mentality of going and putting putting words in someone else's mouth when it's like that is not the fucking case, and it's like you automatically want to demonize someone because it's like I have a difference of opinion or I don't like this or I don't like that, but it's like it's like it's like literally I'm I'm over it. I, I Gaslighting really, I really became am. mainstream. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like it's like <laughs> I. The little manipulations you would experience in like everyday life, it's like eventually it got to the point where the powers that be 
understood how to use it. It was like, you know what? We can use that for our shit. <laughs> and now, here we are with Rings of Power. Rings of Power. And if you don't like Galadriel, you're sexist, even though she's definitely the worst part of the show. It's crazy. It's a, it's like, why would you make her the main character? She's literally the worst part. Because is, what, what else is there? Uh, Anatar, is, that's the guy's name. Adar. Ad, Adar. 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 Whatever. That's the villain of season one. Like, do you care? I don't even know. I don't. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about any of the storylines. I only watch for Durin, and he's like a like a, a consolation prize. Like, it's not like I even like. Oh, I gotta see Durin. This was like, oh well, I'm here now. At least Durin's here to keep me company. <laughs> Everybody else sucks. It's like, listen, shit sucks right now on Middle Earth, but at least Durin's here. Yeah, I'm just looking see through my notes, see if there's anything else. Uh, the music at the end of the last episode where Gladiel comes out. Like, oh, that both things, actually. It's like the music tries so hard to overcompensate for the lack of story and character. So, like, the moment where Arendir saves the 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 racist kid from the orcs and, like, they're... Which is also stupid because it was like, they treat the orcs like they're vampires. Like, they go out in the light and it burns their skin. That's not how orcs work. Even, like, come on. That is not how orcs work. We've seen them no, in the light before. Yeah, we have. Cause like in um in, in the original trilogy, the orcs did the orcs did travel by daylight, so that was not a thing. But they are basically yeah. treating them like fucking vampires. It's so yeah. weird. But but that whole like slow motion sequence was like oh, and he's fighting them with the bow, and he like catches the arrow and he puts I, it in the bow. That oh. was like one, that's like one of the things that I actually did like about the series. No, so I did no. I like, no, you know what I'm saying? No, because it's like in a vacuum, maybe in terms of like the 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 cinematography and the art direction. It and... reminded me of the Fellowship. It reminded yes, me of the last it season did, of Fellowship. But no substance. There was it, there was not even a. If someone died in that scene, fine. You could have the. But no one died. No, nothing okay. happened. I, I, get, I get your point. Yeah, I was waiting no for the kid died. to die. I was like, oh shit, they're gonna kill the kid here. Like, <laughs> they literally shot two arrows at these people, and they missed it by, like, an inch. And then they get to the edge of the forest, and it's like, they can't even shoot arrows. It's like they added some arrows in post, just to be like, oh, shit, they're not firing any arrows. Just add some in the background so we can say that they... But they're just standing there, looking at them. I'm like, what is this stupid shit? And then, uh, what was... Oh, the, the last moment in the last episode where Gladriel gets on the boat, and she's wearing the armor... And it's like, oh, I'm like, who cares? Who cares that they're in this shitty foam looking armor? It looks bad. It doesn't even look good. It looks bad. I'm like, I don't, I, there's, 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 you, you haven't earned this moment at all. There's no moment. I don't even understand why there's all this build, all this payoff on this moment. She got on the ship. Oh, she's doing it. She's getting her revenge. Oh my god. Like what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you also agree with that though? Like the fact that the music tries so hard. Listen, I said this before. There are only so many things that are good about this show. The cinematography is good. The soundtrack, the music is good, you know? And I disagree with you on costume design. I think the costumes are actually like really, like really well done. You think all I think some of them are. You think the the weird like uh stay puffed looking armor, the white armor of the Numenarians look good? I didn't think it was bad. Genuinely, you think, I, did, I I'm gonna keep asking. I'm gonna keep asking. Do you think the armor that she wore on the ship uh to heaven 
looked with a big ass collar up to here. <laughs> like her that, neck, like, that her neck little... like this. That looked good. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a little bit impractical. I will say that. Her her big bulgy armor at the end of this last episode that looked good too to you. I thought it was okay. I thought it was good. The queen's what? the queen's golden chainmail that looks like printed on fabric looked good. Actually, I didn't even notice that part. Yeah, it's that right. Kinda, you didn't notice that, kind of that one. Kind of went <laughs> there, I, I, there, are, there's, there's, it's uneven. There are parts that look good. There are parts like I'm like, oh, I, that, there's the money. But there are other parts I'm like, this feels like CW. How is this? <laughs> and you're the most. And that's the thing. They're the most expensive show. Yeah. The most expensive. So, you better look like a move. Like you're. It's more. I'll, I'll give it to you like this. It's more expensive than Lord of the Rings. Really? Yes. Dude, Lord of the Rings was like millions of dollars. Yes. This is billions, bro. This is a oh. billion dollars. Are you serious? They spent a billion dollars. You didn't know that? Show. Yes. Yes. A billion dollars. Billion with a B. A B. <laughs> wow. wow. Unbelievable. Somebody's doing a lot of cocaine. That's the only thing. Like, there's no way you spent a billion dollars on the show. Nah, someone probably fucking, like, tunneled some money at some point. They were like, yo, they gave us too much money. I'm taking some of this for myself. Exactly. All right, let's wrap shit. this shit up. Oh, my God. Um, Final rating, I'm going to say less than passable. Poor vision. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, too. I'm I hate done this too. shit. Are we done with this roller coaster? I think we, are. we are. We are. We oh, are done. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Uh, I did get a couple of emails. I want to read those real quick. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Okay. Oh, well, this is actually some information. So let's, let's, I'll read this, these two emails, and we'll jump into news and then get out of here. Word. All right. First email comes from... Nick Hidalgo, Super Iron Halo, She-Hulk Potential, Mediocrity versus Cobra Kai and Caring. This might be a good wrap-up to our discussions. Oh. Hey guys, Super Iron Halo here, hitting you back up with a new email. First, I wanted to preface with one connection slash trivia on the last episode you guys aired in regards to She-Hulk, at least in regards to the episode you talked about in the last time you were on air. Wong is actually not watching Netflix. He's watching Hulu, a Disney-owned <laughs> streaming service, since he was watching This Is Us which is only on Hulu, even though he was also watching Sopranos. It looks like Wong is paying for the HBO add-on for Hulu. Deep cuts. Second correction, being that Donnie Blaze is actually a sorcerer, and he got that sling ring himself, and it's his. As stated in the episode, he never finished... Oh, that's right. He never finished his training and just left Kamatage after, after getting to at least the level of his training, of which all the sorcerers there in Kamatage, according to Doctor Strange are there voluntarily as one guy who Dr. Strange sought out because he could walk again after standing an egregious injury. He said in the movie he decided to only go so far with his training and allowed him to walk, and after that, left being a sorcerer, so Donnie is a sorcerer that deserted. Fair enough. Anyways, onwards to the email subject. Uh, as of writing this, I think my tone has significantly changed in She-Hulk since my last email. She-Hulk to me now is frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frustrating because from a story standpoint and me actually knowing the character, there's so much more potential here. Exactly. Yep. Like, if the showrunners and lead writer and directors of the show actually cared about the true female empowerment, Jin wouldn't be a doormat, especially in the legal field. In the comics, Jin is as good, if not better, a lawyer than Matt Murdock. Well, that's the problem. The writers don't... They've admitted they don't know how to write a law show. 
and it reflects in the actual show itself. Uh, and the courtroom is where she should shine, where she should show all of her lawyer chops. This show has everything to be a legal drama or a legal comedy, going through cases of just the most outrageous superhero cases if you want to make it a comedy. <laughs> yeah, it should be a comedy. And this most recent episode just exemplify everything that you said is wrong with the show. With what her friend did and the basically blatant, almost man-hating of it and the fight scene, which I'm sure you'll get to, it just feels like there are elements that there should... Uh, there, there are elements there that should, that, that show that the show could be great. They could make Jen a strong character, but they don't. They could make her own up to her actions and mistakes, but they don't. The showrunners could read a comic and study the character and the world she inhibits and lives in, but they don't. All facts. Because yep. that takes more time and money in the writing room and care for the characters than honestly what these showrunners are allowed to have. I don't even... This is what you said, too, about like you feeling like the studio interference. I think everybody's got it backwards. If you listen to any of the interviews with this showrunner, with this writer, she talks about how she basically got full free reign. And I don't think there's anything in this show that smacks of, like, oh, we didn't do what we wanted to do. If anything, the problem with the show is they got to do everything they wanted you to do. And these are writers that aren't She-Hulk fans. So what you're seeing is everything that they wanted to do, that's not She-Hulk. <laughs> so it's not an issue of the studio or, or whatever got involved and cut her shit up and it, you're not seeing the true vision. No, you're seeing the true vision and in fact, you're seeing a better version of her true vision because apparently the show was cut up to the point where it, it wasn't working correctly, like in terms of a show. So they had to reorder things and rearrange parts of the show and and delay it to after it was gonna come out before Miss Marvel. The reason why it got delayed to after Miss Marvel was because it just wasn't playing correctly. So they reorganized it. That's why there are moments where it feels jarringly disconnected. That's why. So in the first episode, where just out of nowhere she turns to the camera and is like, "Oh yeah, by the way, this is how I became She-Hulk." That's because that's cutting to a different part of the series that was supposed to be later in the show, but they realize after the fact, "Wow, our show is terrible." You know what we didn't do in the first episode? Establish how she became She-Hulk. Yeah, the most basic shit they didn't even fucking do. So they had to go back into editing and start cutting things and rearranging things to make it work. That's why there are moments that feel so, like the 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 another example the daredevil scene, the the cameo, of the or the Easter egg of his helmet and yeah, the yeah, yeah. the tailor or whatever. Yeah. If you notice, hit that line, that the tailor was saying was so clearly ADR'd. I guarantee you, he said something different on the day that didn't connect. To right. what they were, to how they rearranged things, yeah. so they they just redubbed his voiceover to make it make more sense than how they had it. That's why uh-huh. it doesn't. That's why like every episode there's like a previously on She Hulk, and it doesn't really connect to the most recent episode. It's like how long ago did we get that they try to get stabbed with the syringe and like it just pops up here and there and offhanded comments. It's not really the focus, and it's like. It's because the show got cut up and, and shifted around. But anyway. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, he goes on to say, whereas Cobra Kai does make its female characters own up to their mistakes. Wow. We literally just talked about all of this. Cobra Kai does love its characters in the world they inhabit. Cobra Kai has a plan for everything and everything they laid out for season by season. Cobra Kai has been consistent and great beat for beat. I could go on about Cobra Kai, but... Cobra Kai! But it along with what you said about caring again, maybe. But maybe I care again just enough 
to call out mediocrity. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. Like, it, it's like we're in this weird position where now we have to complain because we love. Like, because we do love what She-Hulk could be. Mm-hmm. If it was done with actual care, we have to be the people that say no. We have to be Captain America and say, no. I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna draw a line in the sand right here, and this is how I feel. And I'm not sexist or racist or whatever the fuck. If you say I am, I'm not. I love these characters. I want them to be fucking great, bitch. <laughs> uh, as well, Jordan. Thank you for saying not to give up on my dreams. I can certainly try, and will certainly try to find time to find something, some way into entertainment or success and contentment. Yeah, bro. Don't let your dreams be dreams. I appreciate the encouragement. Anyways, thanks for reading this essay. Hope you're doing well. Logan 2017, Godzilla vs. Kong 2021. Uh, uh, never forget. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Um, and I believe I had another one. Yeah, we got one more for Hibachi. Welcome back. Uh, I just want to start by saying I'm glad you guys are back. I was finding, or I was fiending for some new content. I hope you guys keep doing these for the next 10 years. Rick and Morty, 100 years, uh, forever and ever. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, there are some topics I want to discuss, so I'll make this quick. Cobra Kai is amazing, and it's basically a live-action anime. I wouldn't yes. be surprised. Hell yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Shredder and the Foot Clan showed up. That's oh a, my god! That's the crossover fucking, you didn't know you needed! I desperately want that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, after listening to your She-Hulk rant, I'm now looking at the show in a different lens. I think I might hate the show now, but it's still better than Garbage Moon Knight. I don't... I, no, I, no, I will fight that. I like Moon Knight more than I like She-Hulk. I agree. Again, I would say I, I said I like Iron Fist more than She-Hulk because at least oh, Iron yeah, Fist definitely. I love so I, I like Iron Fist way more than fucking She-Hulk. Iron Fist didn't represent the decay of modern society to me like She-Hulk does. <laughs> like it, could, it was just bad. Just bad is infinitely better than so bad it makes me have existential crises about life and where we're going as a species. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm not getting um, into that conversation right now yeah fuck it but uh, yeah oh uh I've, oh, da, 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 da. I have to disagree with your take on rings of power especially the race aspect of it with that being said i think you guys should keep reviewing it the witcher was way worse than this wow oh. i i didn't watch season two i heard people didn't like it i, don't I didn't know watch why, the though. witcher yet oh you didn't watch any of it i didn't watch any of the witcher yet season one was surprisingly good mm-hmm. i i like season one but then I heard mixed things about season two, so I don't know. Mm, maybe, um, maybe I'll check. Also, out what are your time. thoughts on the new My Hero season? I was recently spoiled, and you're not ready for what's about to happen. I didn't even know it was out already. I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. So that's something to talk about next week too. My Hero. I haven't yeah. watched, dude. Literally, I haven't watched My Hero um, since. What was the, oh. what was what was the arc where they were going to get the little girl? What's her name? Wow, you didn't you didn't finish the season. I finished the season where like they finally got her out, but like I haven't Aerie. watched. I, yeah, that was, yeah, that yeah. was the overhaul arc. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Overhaul. I saw the overhaul arc. I saw where they got Aerie out of um the over overloads facility, whatever, and then she was, <laughs> like, she was like a regular student in with the rest of uh oh shit. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I no, no, no. Sorry, I was just reading the rest of this email. He says, no. uh, he's wrapping it up. Last but not least, can you guys please review RRR on Netflix? It's insane, perfect vision. I've, I have I keep hearing that RRR is great. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. I don't I'll, know. Check, I'll check it out. You want me to check it out and tell you if it's good or not? Yeah, sure. All right. So we'll put a pin in RRR and My Hero. 
But thank you guys for the emails. Uh, be sure to send in more if you disagree, if you agree with us. I want to hear your thoughts. I, I, I love just touching base with people and seeing how they feel about the things we're reviewing. Because we could, could be completely off base. We have no idea. Yeah. It's just two guys' opinions. Yeah. So I like hearing everybody else's thoughts as well. Um, but yeah, let's get into news and get the hell out of here. It's time for the Rays Report. Um, so the only, um, so one thing I have for the Rays Report today is actually a follow-up thing that we had from the last conversation because we were talking about, uh, we were speculating on Power Rangers Cosmic Fury and, um, we were talking about, like, what potentially... Cosmic Fury! <laughs> that was, like, right in my ear, bro. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyways, so there was a photo leak recently on, like, all the social media on Simon Bennett's page. Simon Bennett, who, people, if you don't know, he's, like, the head showrunner for Power Rangers right now, and he handles all of their social media and whatnot. Um, they released an image of the Red Ranger in a zato and basically like it's a new suit um it's a full it's basically the dino fury suit the red dino fury suit in white and then his black accents are in red um and he has like this like this like sharp white shield kind of like it's kind of like combination of like uh tommy shield and trench shield from dino thunder i feel i've seen it it's got a cape yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, once again, we have Power Rangers with capes. We haven't had that, I think, since uh, Mystic Force. I've already I'm... been spoiled. I know exactly what happens. <laughs> really? Yeah, surprisingly interesting for Power I, I mean, but um, Dino Fury's been, in terms of Power Rangers season, I've, I think it's been probably the most enjoyable it's been for years. Really? So, for Dino Fury? Yeah, I haven't I haven't finished Dino Fury. I I saw a few episodes of the first season of Dino Fury, and then like I didn't go back and I didn't finish it. Well, I mean, like, what am I comparing it to here? Beast Morphers. Uh, that's basically it. That's, that's really the only other season I think that was like comparable in terms of quality. I haven't even finished Beef, Beast Morphers yet. I didn't really finish Beast Morphers, Beast Morphers either, but I did watch the main story episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've done I no, that's not true. I did watch through Dino Fury. So I just need to finish the season two that comes out. But it's, I mean, I, I, you know, again, not for us. This is a kid mm-hmm. show yeah. for sure. But they do enough throwbacks to the original Mind Morphin and the legacy eras to to pay homage to the the classics. They do. They've got. They 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 put in the effort when it comes to the action scenes, for sure. The, mm-hmm. It's got some of the best action scenes I've seen in Power Rangers for the last couple of years. Mm. Um, and original action scenes, because they, they do a lot of their own original stuff rather than pull from the Sentai. Right. Um, that's where that, that White Ranger costume is coming from. It's original. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's what I figured, because I was like... Because that's what was bugging me at first, was because like, I knew they said they weren't going to like adapt any more of the Sentai season, so I'm like, what are they going to do? They're going to do something original, and clearly, they're doing a Dino Fury Season 3, and they're doing original suits, so mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's that got potential. Yeah, I don't know if the like, whole team's getting new suits, but at least his suit going into Season 3 is, is white. I think I think that they're at least gonna get a new power up mode because it's like every every super season like I they're not yeah. doing super they're not doing super seasons with Dino Fury but most super seasons they have like new suits for the Rangers so it's like and as far as I know um there was a very like special power up suit that that the Dino Fury Rangers had in the Sentai 
So I can imagine that they're probably going to introduce that at some point, which is basically like I think they did a crossover with uh, uh, Kira I May. Yeah, I think they've already worn those. Like they've already they already have those upgrades. Did they? Yeah. I mean, you've got a bunch I, of upgrades already. There was did they do the did they do the ones where it's like their shields have like crystals on them? Uh, are they crystals? I mean, it's like armor. Because like I know they had like the multicolored armor where like black had orange armor and then like everyone else. Yeah, had that's like, the one I'm talking about. There, no, that's not the one I'm talking about because I think when they crossed over with Kira Major, they had uh they had an, oh had, the weird cape thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like oh yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That might be what they that's, plan on That's doing. what they're calling the Morphin Master mode. Ah, I see. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that they're even touching base with, like, things from the comic canon, can even... They're really going hard. They're, they're... I'll give them that. They're really trying to make this a Power Ranger season for the old school fans. So, it's like, right. you know, I can't chagrin them for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm down with it. Definitely not. So, so yeah. I and speaking s- of Power Rangers, Ninja's Oath is on its last leg of... Uh, post-production the sound and music are done I'm just waiting to finalize the ADR from this guy right here Jeff and, uh, and, and Washi uh, the Arbiter so that's gonna go out probably if not well it's going if this is releasing on Monday probably in one week so next Monday oh god yeah it's gonna be awesome <laughs> I, I'm hyped I think it's our at the very least our most action-packed fight it's definitely the most epic scale yeah it, it gets in the very anime level power levels this um, was like uh just just from my perspective this was honestly like the most um the, like the most emotionally driven performance that i've done as an injure and i rarely hmm. get to do yeah i rarely get to do uh stuff stuff like that with a character like ninja because most people know ninja he's like he's he's wacky he, he's mm-hmm. he's uh he's the he's a he's a fun type of ninja. Yeah, he's like um, a throwaway seventh yeah, ranger yeah, type yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, but doing doing Ninja's oath was like a completely different dynamic for me, and conveying uh <laughs> con- conveying all, all of that emotion through Ninja, it was a challenge for me just because like he has a very certain voice. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't <laughs> uh, if you haven't noticed, so it's hard to uh, to do emotion in in this type of voice. You see. Yeah, try doing Shakespeare with Kermit's voice. <laughs> oh Romeo, Romeo, oh Romeo, wherefore oh art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and reclaim thy name. <laughs> but I can't and I see... will no longer be a Capulet. Yeah, I can't wait to see people's uh, reaction videos to this one, just because there's a lot of like, like there's really... a lot of what the fuck moments in this in this thing. There's a lot of what the fuck moments, and like <laughs> I just everything from anime to like like. I, and that's another thing I want to see, like if people can recognize uh, the anime references. Cause I, I I put a lot of like low key sound effects, like so do like a little Easter egg hunt for different <laughs> sound effects from like classic anime moves, and like you probably find it. I just say it here. There's a there's a Rasengan sound effect in it. There's a Kamehameha sound effect. You gotta find it though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you gotta wow. find it. <laughs> no, I'll be happy. A Chidori. There's a Chidori sound effect. <laughs> no, honestly, I will. Uh... I know this is going to be good, but it's like, I don't know. I got like tunnel vision right now because like I'm looking forward to when we could finally get started on the Psycho Menace because it's like mm. we've been talking Psycho about Psycho Menace and episode five. Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, But yeah, we've been talking about doing Psycho Menace for like about a year now and it's like 
now that we're finally getting the ball rolling and like Ninja Earth almost done, it's like we don't get time to rest when we do when we do our productions. It's like literally as soon as we're done one thing, we move on to the next thing, <laughs> and it's like we're still trying to get to episode five. Like I feel like we've been talking about episode five for like two years. That's Word. It's it <laughs> like, like feels like literally. Before episode five was episode four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. Like, no, straight up, when I came on, like, my journey with Unworthy has basically, like, basically, like, it's, it feels like arcs of Cobra Kai. It's like, I know when it started yeah. and I know, like, where it's going. So it's yeah. like, when I came in, uh, it was it was the journey to episode three, and that took a fucking, like, half a year to get to till yeah. it finally got released, and then that was done and over with, and then we moved on to episode four, and then episode four was, like, a two-year journey because of COVID and everything, and now COVID we're COVID finally... really just fucked up the entire timeline yeah, and everything man. else harder. Yeah, literally. But we're at the point up. now where I just want to... Like, I don't... What's important to me is just making the best series of stepping stones possible to episode five, like the weight sucks. I, of course it does. Yeah. But what I am looking forward to is the ability to once it's all out, binge it. Because, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Because once it's out, it's out. And if it's yeah. bad and it's out, then it's just a, a piece of the puzzle is is bad. But I want like my main goal is just to be the web series that people will talk about when you want to like, like as an example. I want to be the Cobra Kai of yeah. web series. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be the example of how to do it right. Where it's like there was a plan here, every piece was a piece of the puzzle that added yes. up to the greater whole. So with even with Ninja's Oath, people might think like, "Oh, it's filler." It's like it's not though. Like this is establishing the Mr. Miyagi of this universe. No, honestly, this was this was something that we really didn't get to see um, in Episode Three. Like yeah. this is this is clearly something that takes place during the events of Episode Three because Ninja was in it fighting the Arbiter, but it's like you actually get to explore like what actually happened between the two of them. Yeah, he'll be a big character in Episode Five, and I wanted to have this side story to not only showcase why he'll be an important mentor, like and the things that happen in this side story will come back in the events of Episode Five, but then also to set a power level precedent for how strong the Arbiter is because we've we've still only seen him fight nonchalantly. We haven't seen him really pushed. So now we get to see what does the most powerful single character so far that we've seen. And yes, I'm including Draken in that. <laughs> I, this ninja is canon, at least in our canon, stronger than Draken. Because he he made the fucking power coins. It's so stupid that they they nerfed him like that in the fucking comics and in the show. Mm -hmm. Like he should be stronger than any given any single ranger. But whatever. But the point is, he he is the most powerful single character. So what what is his benchmark compared to the Arbiter? And then and so in finding that out, we can try and extrapolate how well a group of rangers might do versus that level of power. So it's really just setting the table for episode five. Word. Yeah. But yeah, and on that note, uh, talking about a very Avengers type of thing, I wanted to just close out this episode with, um, they, there's a leak image of Ant-Man from the Quantum Quantinium Quantum Quantum Quantumania. Whatever the fuck it's going to be Quantumania. called. The, the Ant-Man sequel. And if you haven't seen it, it's basically Scott Lang beat the fuck up. Like, like to the point where it looks like He's about to die. Oh God! Yeah, like, like I've never, you've never seen. I don't think you've seen anybody this fucked up in, in uh, in the Avengers yet. 
Like in terms of his face is all bloody and shit. Damn. So, and it's, it's supposed to introduce Kang in Ant-Man 2. And Kang hasn't been very intimidating in Loki. And they're introducing him in Ant-Man 2. And they're also introducing Ant-Man's daughter in Ant-Man 2. We've seen how this goes in the MCU. Everything's girl power now. Mm-hmm. They're setting up his replacement. Oh, this is my interpretation. Mm-hmm. Are they going to kill Scott Lang? I think they'd be just fucking... just to make Kang threatening. That's what it feels like is going to happen. What do you think? And, and think... what do you think? And how do you feel about it? I think they'd be fucking stupid to kill off Paul Rudd because, like, Paul Rudd is like one of like the best things about the MCU. And then, literally, this fucking <laughs> they might I bring hate... him back. Dude, they might do some time travel dude... bullshit. Dude, no. It's like straight up. It's like it's so apparent that it's like they're literally just replacing all of the male male oh, yeah. leads oh, yeah. with fe- with with female characters, and it's and it's like I'm over it. I'm fucking over it. Do you it's think like, it's a possibility? I think it's a big possibility because that's been the pattern that's been yep. going on lately. Because yep. it, it is. It fucking is. It's a fucking pattern, and I'm tired of everyone not being able to fucking see it. Yep. She Hulk. She Hulk's done it. Hawkeye's done it. Fucking just, just name everything. <laughs> every Literally. single every disproportionately every single new f- superhero for the most part has been female Literally. Moon Knight and Shang-Chi are those like, two examples of new characters it might be a reach but even Captain Carter like is is a bit of fucking of that replacing Captain America difference is when you actually put oh, yeah. her in live action fucking <laughs> Wanda shut that down real fucking quick yeah but the point of it was still that yeah the same thing with even like same like, thing with Ironheart. Ironheart and, the and same then it's like thing. and there's no like when you go to like a white woman is like the tip of the iceberg of diversity. Uh-huh. So then even they get slowly weeded out. So like Miss Captain Marvel is slowly being replaced with all Marvel persons of color. Miss Marvel, uh binary or spectrum whatever name is the monica rambeau oh yeah yeah. Um, it's like we're slowly slowly pushing out even the white women like no like or even like scarlet witch she's a redhead get the fuck out of here no more no more redheads we're done with those (laughs) white women are done i'm sorry (laughs) i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this blatantly because it's like what the fuck is with like i know we race i know they race swap a lot but they're really like a majority of race swap characters are redheads. There are no redheaded characters in in film anymore, and I'm like, why? Like I've seen gin- like redheaded people, gingers, complain about this type of thing, and then they're immediately shut down just because like, oh, that's not a real argument. It's like, are you serious? Like, are you really like having this argument right now? Yeah, like, there base- aren't many redheads in media in general. Like, literally every redhead's been replaced by a black person now. Literally. It's like, what about the little redheaded girl that liked Little Mermaid? Fuck it, right? Okay. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Fuck <laughs> well, I guess. She's still got the original. It's like, yeah, but she could have had a dope live action remake in the 2022. That'd been cool. Instead of, instead of, it's like, how many black, I mean, look, the new propaganda is every little black girl is like, so, oh my God, it represents me. But that's learned. Like, you taught that little black girl to feel less than for not seeing exactly her skin color and other things so then when she sees black little mermaid then she feels accepted and 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 seen but meanwhile you know what doesn't get shared and pushed around i saw like a couple of videos of little black girls being like that's not ariel 
Ariel's yeah. white. <laughs> and it's like, where are those little girls? They Literally. don't matter. They don't get represented no. because. <laughs> no, they, they no, Cause like, they only want to fucking push the message and the fucking, the, the propaganda of it all, as opposed to actually like talk about the fucking, the, uh, the, the fuck, the, the big elephant in the room. Cause there are people who are talking about like, they don't like race swapping and it is like people. In the I, I, that's me, bro. I don't like it anymore. Like Literally. it's because it's used to, it's used as like the shorthand, like disingenuous form of diversity. Yep. It's not real. It's it's the most it's it's literally just Hollywood's learned behavior. It saw how people reacted to things like Black Panther, to things like identity politics, and then made the calculated decision to go, okay, we'll we'll use it's really more racist. Because it's like we'll use the black woman as a shield to make more money. That's what it is. And it's like, I'm not seeing it as like, a, oh, thank God the companies care and they represent us now. No, it's not that. It's they just figured out that, hey, we can use their black asses to make money off of them. Like, Literally. it's like, wow. Okay, so it's really more racist than even not represent. I'd rather not be represented if it's representation in that way. Give me an original story about a black mermaid who is, is like a, a, a friend of Ariel's who grows up in Ariel's camp. How about that? You want empowerment? Ariel's the queen now. Queen Ariel. And now this little black mermaid girl lives in her kingdom. And there's a whole separate story with this little black Miles Morales and little mermaid girl. And now she gets to, then there's a whole new mermaid story. And we'll call it, the little or mermaid or the i don't know something but then it's not it, but the point is it's not black ariel you know what i mean it, yeah. now it's a new character that we can go that's that's my little mermaid not, i want to i i i'm going to put this in perspective for for the viewers because i have to cuz they think that disney genuinely cares about representation and, no. and about <laughs> all the shit they don't fucking care like disney the ceo and i looked this up last night the ceo is literally a white man named bob He's literally a white man named fucking Bob. Do you honestly, genuinely think that that man gives a shit about your representation, about what you care about, about the franchise that you care about? No, they care about money. That is money, all money, they money, fucking money. care about. They're all Mr. Krabs. <laughs> money! Literally. literally. And it's like, if you guys think that defending the establishment, that defending the mediocrity of all of this at everyone else's expense is a good thing, you are fucking blind. Seriously, they don't care. But about to me, they don't care about but Jeff, to me, it is the incels that are evil. <laughs> I have brought peace and order to my Disney empire. <laughs> Incel is just another word for virgin saming, and you can't change my mind. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but all right, I guess that's it. But yeah, so I, I, I think that's what's gonna happen. I think they're gonna, they're gonna kill Ant Man, and they're gonna replace him with his daughter as Ant Girl. Because uh, I mean, Why even not? though oh, it's so yeah, funny, they, they already oh, have. Oh yeah, it. because they can't fucking replace the her. They can't replace them with fucking uh, Evangeline Lilly because apparently Evangeline Lilly is bad now. Apparently, so what do you mean she's bad? Freaking uh, I think she Evangeline had canceled. Somehow, I think because of something that happened like uh, with COVID or whatnot. I forget oh, what happened. Uh, well, I no, think... they can't. I mean, that's just funny to me. They already have a replacement for him, but they're gonna make another female character and it's like fine there that, that was in the comics she's not ant girl she's like stature or something fine but because of this pattern 
Yeah, we already know. And to make it worse, I'm like, they better do an amazing job of making Kang a credible threat without having to just murder Ant-Man to get his street cred. That's my favorite. And the fuck the part is, again, it's all hypocrisy. It's all reverse sexism. Because if it was a woman that was killed just to make the new villain... It, Bro, how many people were like, oh my god, they killed Black Widow for Thanos? Oh, sexism. So we'll just do that with Ant-Man, and I'm sure they're going to be like, that's fine. That's totally fine. And it's like, nah, man. Because Thanos, even if he didn't kill Black Pan- Black Widow, he was still established to be, in a- or not Black Widow, I mean Gamora. Sorry, not, not Black Widow. But even if he didn't kill Gamora, he was still established to be an incredibly threatening presence without that. But I fear... And that's just going by what I've seen from his performance as Kang, that he's not going to be. And they're, instead, they're going to just shorthand him being intimidating by being like, oh, he killed Ant-Man. Now he's scary, right? And it's like, no. And all you did was waste Ant-Man as a character. Yet another great legacy character is wasted. That's my fear. Mm-hmm. Very valid, though. I can't believe we got to the place where like I, I even have these fears. I used to just like inherently trust in Kevin Feige's decisions. Like, oh, he, he knows. He He's a fan of this shit. He'll figure it out. He, he knows exactly what to do. Nope. Nah, I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> nah, man. Well, yeah, on that note, let's get out of here. That's been uh, this episode of Blurred Vision. I've been your host, Jordan, with... Jeffrey Rays, and we will catch you next time. See you on the flippity-flop side, my <laughs> fellow homeboys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Later, guys. Peace. <laughs>